So, welcome to our belated 50th anniversary Star Trek podcast here. Um, I didn't think to record this or even think to organize an event like this until the day of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek when it didn't seem like anything else was going on in the Star Trek fandom. Uh, CBS and Paramount definitely weren't doing anything. And uh, uh, that's when I got the idea for this podcast. It took us a couple weeks to actually get together, hence this being like, you know, two or three weeks late. But yeah, we're here to talk about uh, the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Uh, uh, here on the podcast today, we have, it's, I'm your host, Bill Mudrin. Uh, apologies in advance for, I, I'm a little under the weather, so I sound a little funkier than usual. Uh, but also here with us, we have Bobby Roberts. Oh, hi. Uh, Joshin Yamada. Hello. Uh, Katie Lane. Howdy. Dylan McConus. Cuckoo. And Leland Radburn. I don't know if hey. you guys have any personal sites to plug or anything like that. <laughs> well, all week I gotta say that I was planning for us to introduce each other because I had the best one. Leland, son of Radburn. Oh! <laughs> we can easily restart nice. over again, yeah. <laughs> so how you guys doing? Pretty good. Thank you so much for coming in and talking about Star Trek. Um... Yeah, what are you guys' personal histories with Star Trek? I want to Bobby, talk. I see. I, oh, yeah. Bobby's wearing Bobby, I want to. I want to. I want to. Bobby's the real host, <laughs> which I'm fine with. Yeah. I want to talk about. And this is probably going to seem like a bit of a surprise to anyone of you who has heard me ever talk about Star Trek before, or oh, any, anyone who has followed me on on Twitter yeah. uh, or any of the various media ventures uh, in which I expound at great length <laughs> on Star Trek bullshit. I want to talk about Catherine Janeway. Okay. All right. Okay. I want to talk about how she's one of the most misunderstood, yet mishandled, yet most optimistic of all of the captains, and probably the single best roadmap for where Brian Fuller is going to take the next series. Okay. I can okay. see that. Do you th- do you specifically think that 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 is going to be his roadmap? I th- I think it. Well, I think he like he cut his teeth on Voyager no. in television. Period. Voyager is basically where he got his, his feet wet, his sea legs. That's yeah. how he learned how to TV. Um, and, <laughs> and ever since then, he's been, you know, another landmark series after another landmark series. And he keeps learning from all of these shows as they inevitably every, hit season two and fail out. Every 13 episodes they get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> he, has, he has to absorb as much as he can because he only gets like two seasons. Yeah, he gets seasons. in and out, yeah, exactly. Except for yeah. Hannibal where they gave him a third and even then it started to get a little wobbly. <laughs> but like... You go back and you watch Voyager, and it's almost always immediately maligned. Like, you bring up Voyager in a room full of Star Trek fans, and usually the first thing people talk about are the salamanders. Um, yeah. they, they talk about Seven of Nine. And it is an easy punching suits. bag. Yeah. Oh, it's super easy punching bag because it got so messed up so quickly. Yeah. Like, the ideal of Voyager, and you'll see it pop out when you watch episodes. If you go back and you have, like, a viewing guide, you know, a, a fan of Voyager. And I've noticed this. A lot of fans of Voyager love to put together viewing guides. <laughs> to make well, sure that you a, know it's not as fun. through the process. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, no, here, here. I mean, that's, that's a traditional device used by apologists for, <laughs> uh, for discredited wings of religions. Yes, indeed. True. And so they'll hand you the, this, no, watch these episodes, these episodes. And you go through and you watch, and you can tell that the promise of the show, and that's probably why it feels as disappointing as it does the promise of the show is such that you want to like it yeah and it just it pops up at the wrong time in history in the mid 90s uh as the sort of linchpin of a fledgling network so it has entirely too much pressure applied to it 
Um, and Star Trek is already, already getting sweaty by that point. And, yeah. and the 90s are such a weird cultural period anyway. If you stop and you look back at this sort of like day glow, ostentatious ugliness of it, it's like, it, it, I don't know. It's like you sent the 70s to rehab and it came out on crystal meth. That's kind of what the 90s feel like. Well, and Star not, Trek is plopped down in the middle of that. That's not a bad Are metaphor you? for uh, uh, Voyager, where it's kind of like they were trying to get back to the adventuresome spirit of the original series, but it came back so kind of like uh, washed out and kind of clinically, kind of with his nuts cut off a little bit, yeah. a little castrated. Well, um, and, and, and what, I, what I find really interesting now, going back and watching uh, Voyager, knowing that Brian Fuller is going to be in charge of the next series, knowing that Brian Fuller... Um, had a hand in crafting a lot of Janeway's best stories, mm-hmm. uh, along with a lot of the best stories of Voyager, period, um, is sort of looking at the the parallels between, and this is going to sound weird, but you can't not talk politics in Star Trek. It sort of invites mm-hmm. that inherently. Yeah. Um, how a lot of Janeway's uh, interpretation and just sort of automatic read by a lot of fans over the last 20 years sort of parallels a little bit with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Mm. People have treated Janeway fairly unfairly for a very long time, just sort of based on a tradition and an osmosis of a bunch of negative bullshit that no one's really investigated too deeply. I've only seen half of Voyager, bits and pieces, but I've heard people talk about how Janeway needs to go to jail as soon as she gets back to Earth. I don't know what she did. Just like Clinton. I just heard French people say. Unimatrix Zero. That's yeah. hashtag Unimatrix Zero. Yeah. Um. <laughs> there, there are a lot of parallels wow, between okay. those two characters. And the fact we're going to have a Star Trek series in 2017. The main characters <laughs> are going to be women. They're going to be written by the guy that was writing Janeway in the mid-90s. Oh. And the guy that wrote Janeway in the mid-90s wrote her to be, a, I don't know if he did it intentionally, but it's pretty much a parallel of Hillary Clinton, who will be the president. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Who will be the president by the time this show <laughs> At least arrives. She, unless she shoots a child in the head between now and earlier. Yeah. 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 I, th- I, I just think Voyager is supremely interesting in the year of the 50th anniversary, which is not a thing I would be expecting. Huh. But then again, since CBS and Viacom aren't giving us shit for the 50th, well, we, we sort of have, have to yeah. wander around and grab our own... We're making up our own talent yeah. show here. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Jojo, you are about to say something. Yeah. Oh, I was just worried about whether the new series could survive without Moesha as a lead-in show. <laughs> <laughs> UPN was a bad sitcom garbage dump mm-hmm. for a long, a long time, and having it, it switched networks at some point too. Did it? it actually ended up leaving UPN at some point? Did it? I thought it was just because when UPN did UPN merge was it, was it, it just CBS at first? Then, then it did it, it like turn into the CW eventually and something? Yeah. But yeah. maybe yeah. not after until Voyager left it, the air or it something. Truly, was a syndication like gamble? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Moesha, actually Moesha was successful. I think yeah. at some point, uh, Homeboys from Outer Space was butted up against one side of Voyager or the other. <laughs> wow, um, that's a If I remember a... correctly, I think it was yeah. something along those lines. But basically they were like, we're going to start a network, um, and we have a Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should work, right? Even, even, though Star deep, Trek. <laughs> even though Deep Space Nine, which is, so far as I can tell, uh, generally, it's either that or The Next Generation uh, with with fans nowadays, uh, it, those are one, either one two. It depends on where you yeah, rank yeah. the one two, but those are the one two. Yeah. But even if it was, you know, in the top two of Star Trek shows, it's not like it was doing all that well mm-hmm. ratings wise. It's just at some point UPN just, I guess, 
was like, we have a Star Trek show. That'll work. Yeah. Start yep. a network. Yep. We can, we yeah. can, we can use this as our Trek foundation. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Which... They put a ton of pressure on it, and then the show inevitably broke, and it couldn't help but break Janeway's character at that time it, as well. It, it really just, just turned into a Monster of the Week type of show. Yeah, which did. Which is good in some sense, but it's just it's not where we wanted Voyager to go. But they yeah. did salvage it by doing the mother-daughter relationship with Seven of Nine. Is that I what it turned into? I relationship, okay. yeah. Seven it's really... of Nine ended up honestly being the best narrative shove in that show. I'm... Whenever somebody's like, oh man, is that the show with the babe with the boobs? And I'm like, which is one of the best written characters yep. in the show. Fuller paid a lot of attention to her. Um, as well, was uh, she the closest thing that show ever had to like? Was, was she? Did she turn out? Well, no. I guess the Doctor was supposed sense. to be the Spock <laughs> in, in terms of like the alien character who's the commentary on humanity. And mm-hmm. I guess him and Seven of Nine kind of turned into that as a unit. A little I, bit. They didn't. Quite they they didn't have a relationship. Yeah. See, I've seen one or two episodes where it suggested that like at least the Doctor fell in love with Seven of Nine. So I assume maybe that was more of a thing. They they kind of had a storyline where it was like a, a puppy and a kitten trying to teach each other like, <laughs> how, how to person. I saw there's one of the few My episodes I saw. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I, I so. saw an episode that is all about like it's. I think it's called Someone to Watch Over Me, where like they're they're trying to teach Seven of Nine the social graces. It's the mm-hmm. Doctor doing it in mm-hmm. the process. He's falling in love with yeah. shit like that. Um, what the hell? Was I yeah. It's just someone was making a point. And I fucked they it needed up. to bear something out of the ashes of the Chicote Janeway simmering romance. Yeah, that um, was a bad idea from the start. Though. Yeah, to, to try to fake, I guess, like an X Files. Will they? Won't they? Mm-hmm. So much but, of a better idea though than the Chicote Seven pairing they went with in the end. Oh yeah. God! Which, just, well, it just seems which like, like it seems just shows like, up. It's it's <laughs> like they they, t- they put a, a dartboard up with character two K. You know all the male characters, all the female characters, and they're like, all right, we need we need an OTP for the end of this show. Well, it's like they saw, it's like they were like, oh well, we saw how well Troy and Worf worked out. Let's try to do that again at the in the last three episodes of our series right. too. Right. It yeah. really felt like the last three episodes of Voyager just suddenly you know, they're together. I guess so yeah, because I would, stuff. I would praise the creators for showing that tension between the, the two highest ups on the Voyager ship yeah. who are isolated and both trying to integrate mm-hmm. these two separate crews, I think there would be realistically um, feelings of uh, affection for each other and also like they're the only that's the only person you can really commune commune yeah. with. Yeah, I like that storyline. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't know. I'm just on the one hand I'm sort of inspired by the fact that Fuller's getting a chance to do to do it well and do it correctly and then do it in a part of the timeline that just seems to capture everyone's imagination as it is anyway. But on the other hand, this is yet another show <laughs> in a very weird time in American history yeah. that is fraught with all sorts of underlying ugliness and it's being used to anchor yet another endeavor that maybe Paramount isn't quite no, I sure I didn't think about, about that with the, yeah. with the CBS All Access. Yeah. is always coming up at weird points in time mm-hmm. in American history where we're dealing with really difficult things and it's wanting to dig into stories where you analyze that carefully or thoughtfully. Yeah, hopefully. Or with some sort of nuance, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Star, Trek's, Star Trek is great as also fucking that uh, that intention up. Yeah. <laughs> and then later being like, sorry dudes, uh, got it wrong. But it always comes up in those times where we're really struggling with difficult stories and, and sort of can use Star Trek to think through it. Mm. But as a result, because we're we're struggling with difficult stories. We don't necessarily want to watch them at night. Yeah, true. You know? 
Uh, or you want to save them up and go mm-hmm. through them in one go. I mean... Yeah. You have to be kind of in the mood to, to want to wrestle. There's a lot more television now than there, there, than there was. That's yeah. going to be the interesting thing, because, like, yeah, when, especially when, uh, uh, even when uh, Next Gen came back, mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't anything else like it on the air, and now mm-hmm. it's just, like, not even other science fiction genres. Well, actually, even there is a ton of other science fiction genre stuff, but, yeah, yeah just the sheer volume of quality television well, now. And I think it's that's shit. I think that's to Star Trek's advantage because as the years have gone on, there has just been a huge amount of pressure for Star Trek to live up to some sort of weird Star Trekian ideal that I don't know if the shows themselves have really mm-hmm. necessarily I don't want to say earned, it's just the fandom has sort of put upon Star Trek's shoulders a level of importance. Well, that it's not is it Very the Phantom well, Menace dynamic where no, it's I, been gone long enough now people have kind of built what they want in their heads and it'd be such a I, big weird I, thing? I think, I think there's a little bit of that, but I think it's also like the reason Star Trek sort of shocked the world in the 60s, even though it didn't have the greatest of ratings, but it dug in, was because you weren't quite expecting it. Yeah. And even when you did start to expect it, it was still... You didn't need Star Trek to fit into some larger canon and justify itself as to having the name Star Trek tag yeah, on it. grew organically. Yeah. yeah. And now, basically, if you stick uh, the, the Starfleet insignia on anything, there are now a, like, a, a long unfolding scroll of rules and regulations <laughs> that it has to fit into. Yeah. Otherwise, certain segments of the fandom are going to hit it in the kneecaps for not actually being Star... It's not real Star this Trek. This isn't part of the timeline! Yeah. yeah, or it doesn't adhere to the the philosophies and tenets of... And they'll usually quote Roddenberry. Right. Uh, but it doesn't... It, there's a whole... There's like a, bu- a big philosophical yoke that Star Trek is almost always fitted with. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that TV is so great now and, um, and, and mm. there's such an abundance of it that I think it's... It could give Star Trek a little bit of leeway to sort of find its own voice again in this show in Discovery mm-hmm. and and do things that it otherwise might be too scared to do because it doesn't want to freak people out. Oh, Star Trek doesn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? Like Deep Space Nine had a little bit of that because it wasn't it wasn't as highly focused on by any. It wasn't highly focused on by Star Trek fans. It wasn't very. It was well the focused. middle child. They got glossed yeah, over. Right. Yeah. But because that pressure wasn't on them to those degrees, like they got to. Experiment, yeah, yeah, and 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 sort of redefine what Star Trek could be, and now people go back and look. It's like that is the best Star Trek. Although as a result, though, a lot of people still argue that's not really Star Trek because they did break so many rules. Even though if you go back, not really. I mean, there's different tone stuff, but it's still a bunch. It's not of... really part of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> it's too far away. People make it sound like people make it sound like it was like Breaking Bad or something of its time. And no, yeah. it was still mm-hmm. really Star Trek. It just yeah. ex- like just shone a light in different corners of that universe and stuff. The main but... objection being that they're not on a ship exploring new places. And I, my my dad is uh, a Trekkie, like literally back to day one mm-hmm. in his long history of social protests. His fir- first protest he ever went to was the one outside. Of CBS headquarters. <laughs> wow, okay, this, yeah. This is a man he who, helped like, get season three? Yeah. <laughs> we can blame him, yeah. yeah th- and this is a man who later spent time in federal lockup for <laughs> trespassing on a nuclear submarine base. Like, that, oh. that, yeah, that it was all starts somewhere. Yeah, was, that, was he trying to get the uh, nuclear material to power the uh, Bird of Prey <laughs> in Star Trek IV Voyage Home? Uh, the isotope? The isotope. No, that's sorry. entirely possible. He was arrested on a nuclear vessel. <laughs> Very true. Mm. <laughs> on, on a dinghy 
many, many meters away from a nuclear Admiral Chekhov. Exactly. Chekhov's uh, brightest moment. But uh, he was very nervous about Next Generation when it came on mm. because, oh, all right, they're going to screw this up. It was going to be too sterile. I'm not sure how this is going to go, but it ended up proving itself out. Yeah, and yeah. then he was equally skeptical about Deep Space Nine. He's like, what's the point if they're not on a freaking starship? They're just... <laughs> Sitting in an airport. Yeah. That's not that's not cool. And he uh, he still kind of feels that way, but he'll admit that as soon as they got the Defiant, he mm-hmm. settled in. But <laughs> as soon as they had a ship where they could go to the places and do the stuff instead yeah. of having the stuff come to them. I'm yeah. interested that you were you said that he was afraid that it was gonna be too sterile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, granted I was young and I didn't have as complex a view of Star Trek, but I never worried about it being too sterile. Yeah. When it first came on, I mostly was just obsessed with how bad I thought the D looked when I was a little kid. That it was all egg shaped and not beautiful like the original one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my dad grew up in the 50s, so, you know, that kind of rock'em, sock'em, bright colors, space mm-hmm. babes. Is and Kirk is still his favorite cat. Because it was in a Reagan era that he thought that it would have uh, not the same reach of expanding. Um, being socially progressive that the original show was. Yeah, I think that was a concern okay. for him. Just in general that they weren't going to be able to keep up the spirit of the original thing. Like, mm-hmm. for, for him, the fact that they got a, a Star Trek movie made was like, wow! We pulled it off! Not realize there are men happened. running around in skorts, like the first <laughs> episode. <laughs> the cheerleader outfit, there yeah. There were points of concern. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I really didn't get into Star Trek too much until actually the next gen. I remember yeah. still sitting down my parents. My parents, they went out of their way. They knew I was a little science fiction kid. And they were like, Billy, we know you don't care much for the Star Trek because you love this Star Wars bullshit so much. Yeah. But this, they, they're like, this new Star Trek show is coming back tonight. You might want to sit down and just watch this. This might be an important thing to you. Mm-hmm. It was one of those rare things where my parents had the foresight to be like, this might be an important moment for you. Mm-hmm. Clear two hours of your time. Watch this thing. And, and it's it, not like my parents were Star Trek fans. It will keep you quiet for at least 45 minutes. Yeah, I, my parents watched it with me, but I think they were, like, like doing the crossword in the back of the TV guide. Yeah. But, like, they <laughs> sat me down and watched it, and I was like, so cool. But I specifically remember the scorts and everything like that, and that really turned me into a diehard Star Trek See, fan. See, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the contrast between your being introduced to Star Trek by your parents and my being oh, no. is, is so... Well, because they actually seemed to care whether or not you were going to get anything out of it. Oh, yeah. They just told me that's what we were watching because it was their TV. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't want to go, like, clean your room yeah. or fold your laundry, Aww. you were going to watch this Star See, Trek. See, my parents, they, they, had me, they sat me down in their bedroom, so I watched in their bed, we watch as a family unit. My sister was off, like smoking yeah. crack or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, but like the three of us, it was. All, when I think about yeah. my parents and Aaron, kind of like any kind of pop culture, I think about that that night, and we yeah. watched it the night it aired first time in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's and, very cool. Yeah, even though awesome. my parents were totally, you know, not squares, mm. but they, they didn't care about that. Was it yeah. premiere that's that funny you were watching? Was yeah, it, premiere? it was that night, whatever it was. Nice. Yeah, and I stayed on. I watched it every night that night for the next seven nights, uh, my, and then it threw us straight through the space reason, nine. And Star Trek was like tonic for my parents, so they didn't mm. matter. Yeah, Star Trek was on. It, they were gonna watch it, and I, Same. I like it was here in Portland. Uh, there's a there's a station called KPTV. It's Channel 12, um, and for the longest time uh, on the weekends, Channel 12 would run back to back episodes of Star Trek Saturday and Sunday. Nice. Um, and so it would come on, and they would, you know, it'd be just that point of time on Saturday and Sunday where you're bored 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to go outside. Just, yeah. And it's like, I want to watch TV. <laughs> yeah. And I would want to go and watch TV. Yeah. And they were like, well, you're watching the men in jammies <laughs> solve problems on a back lot at Paramount, or you're not watching anything. Man, this sucks. Why can't I watch Superman? So, no, you're watching Star Trek. Shut up. <laughs> and I, I didn't like it at first. I was like you. I was like, why aren't, why aren't people hitting each other with glow sticks? Yeah. Uh, why aren't the ships whooshing around? It's just the same stationary shot of this this thing going yeah. past when you're, a, a, a gel. Yeah. It's, when just you're, a, it's just a bunch of talking heads. Yeah, yeah, in pajamas. And I'm like, and you know, the, 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 uh, the oh, nuances man. are flying right over my head. Why but, isn't like, this about how I might secretly be a very special boy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? That's Which is what Star Wars about, is all about. Yeah. 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 Um, but eventually, uh, <laughs> through their, uh, their sheer force of not giving a shit, uh, and my being too lazy to actually go and do something, uh, I began to absorb the storytelling. <laughs> and uh, next thing I knew, like, you know, five, six years later, when Next Gen is, is on and it's a thing, I'm, like, seeking it out myself. Yeah. Wow, okay. Because I want... I, I have no... I Like, they, they hooked me. They didn't mean to hook me. They didn't care whether I hooked or not, honestly, but they hooked me uh, without me even knowing it. So that's, that's how I ended up getting into... Like, Star Trek was a thing that was out there and... Um, it was like vegetables. Yeah. It's it good for me, and I know I'm going to develop a taste for it. But just, why can't I, why can't everything be a hamburger? Jojo, <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get into Star Trek? I was lucky that uh, my parents were always watching the old series when I was a kid, and it's just something we kind of did as a family. And I'm surprised that they didn't really seem to pay as much attention when the next gen came around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so influential on me as a kid, like. Uh, I just uh, I got to see the original motion picture in the movie theater when I was six, and um, special effects, especially that I just remember endlessly in in kindergarten or first grade, just drawing the Enterprise going to warp speed with those rainbow light trails. Oh yeah, re- oh yeah, that's and yeah. then um, all throughout uh, on the on the the elementary school playground. Um, I would role play with my friends. We had uh, we played space cats, so I was commander cat. <laughs> and, um, the playground equipment was our spaceship, which had an airlock. It had a shuttle bay. It had a space compass, and then there was this other thing that was a tesseract that we would use for warping to different planets. Did you guys call around. it a tesseract? That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't hear one that until the Avengers came out two years ago. Yeah, somebody yeah. in red metal and Langle and yeah. yeah, but uh, I'm so glad. Like, I think. Uh, definitely led me down the science fiction path mm-hmm. and like then I remember in fifth grade like um, sitting with Matt Doan his younger brother and his younger sister and like um, we pulled down the shades and they had a big sort of lazy boy chair so it felt like Captain Kirk's chair and I sat down I was a captain I did I wasn't Kirk because I never saw myself as like a macho bravo guy mm-hmm. and I wasn't Spock because I wasn't cool enough to be him but I was like some kind <laughs> of captain in between but Literally, like, I was yelling out to them, like, what we were seeing on the um, the navigation screen and, like, the Klingon warships. Aww. And I, I, it was like a Muppet Babies moment where I could, <laughs> I could swear we were all sharing a an imaginary reality and that they were seeing everything that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And it was so great. That's fantastic. Katie? Uh, I started watching Next Gen on syndication after school when I was in high school. So early 90s. Yeah. Um... And I have a younger brother and sister, and so we would fight over, like, who got to control the television after school, yeah. and at what times, <laughs> and I was having to deal with, like, the possibility of 
Clarissa explains it all. Like the Animaniacs was my brother's choice. Yeah. And Next Gen came on at this time where there wasn't a good choice for either my brother or sister. Yeah. So we watched it, and that was the deal. Everybody got like their one show, and you had to if you wanted the remote after the person before you show, uh, y- you stayed and watched the entire show. So we would watch Next Gen. My sister was totally bored with it, but my brother. <laughs> oh, I should imagine. Years yeah. later, he was like, "Katie, I went to college, and I want you to know that you kind of fucked me up because <laughs> I went thinking that both like like everything <clears throat> that you liked in high school was cool. So like I thought, yeah, that, that that's a bait and a switch. And the Indigo Girls, <laughs> yeah. and Ani DeFranco. I thought that was all cool. Why didn't you tell me? Um, and we would like talk about Star Trek all the time and we were our own little fan club. There were the the two other people at school that um you know cuz they're they're the things that you love that you can talk to just about anybody with yeah. because mm-hmm. it's cool enough to Jeez. talk about it. But Star Trek was like it was a suburban high school and uh, Spring Valley High School in Sparkleberry Lane. Um, <laughs> wow. That's why what state this was in. Also. South Carolina. <laughs> um, that sounds a Sparkleberry place. Totally. Yeah. yeah it wasn't. It wasn't very nerd friendly. But I had Francis and Michelle and I would sit around and we would talk about it and we would trade like books of schematics of the ships. We went to our first Star Trek convention together. There was like a dingy little convention in Columbia, South Carolina that Majel Barrett came to, oh, nice. and I got her her picture signed. Oh. It was the coolest thing. <laughs> and so had... Star Trek was always like my like my little safe, happy place. Yeah. It was a thing that I I didn't assume a lot of people shared, but that the people I shared it with were as genuinely excited and invested mm-hmm. in it as yeah. I was. Because it was a rare thing to find other people like into something like that that they yeah. that you were the same way into yeah well see and i'm i sort of i sort of is a thing I, I realized i was saying as i was saying it uh, especially listening to you two uh, relay your stories is this weird sort of cultural idea that automatically that star trek is nerdy and boring yeah yeah and i'm it's not it's, it's not. not like i was talking about star trek i called it vegetables and then i go you go back and you watch the original series that's not vegetables. <laughs> it's vegetables with nacho cheese. It's steaks. <laughs> Slapping steaks at each other. That's what it's a steak fight. That original series is a steak fight. Like, I mean, the TV dinner that you coveted mm, as a kid. Yeah, yeah that's... Mm, kid cuisine. Very good call. Very good call. I love we got well, it's almost multi-generational here. Yeah. Uh, kid no, cuisine. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so automatic. Like, I realized I was doing it, and I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing Katie talk about it. I was like, Oh, no, no, I was... Of course, there's got to be a reason millions and millions and millions of people latch onto it and think it is cool. Yeah, but they're, they're all isolated pockets, and no one knows it's, you know... It's, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I just don't understand why we... I guess I just don't get why, even now, even though I know better, even though I'm almost a 40-year-old man... I still instinctively go, oh yeah, Star Trek, that boring thing that well, you have to get yeah, into. It's, like, well, it's, 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 not not bo- it's not about fighting. It's yeah. not the sexiest thing. It's about social responsibility, which is inherently not very sexy, but it's very important. Yeah. yeah. It's a workplace procedural. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like but then again, never... so is The Wire. Yeah. 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 I never so... thought about it as boring, but it always, to me, was a barometer of how cool mm-hmm. people that I met were, was mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Well, not even necessarily science. cool, but just like how thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's kind of like an emotional temperament thing. Were yeah. we going to be able to have interesting conversations about other things? Yeah, if we could have a conversation exactly. about Star Trek, chances were 
you were interested in politics or mm-hmm. you were willing to talk about, you know, uh, racism or sexism or classism or how we interact as a as a human species. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you were you were curious. You liked fun. Mm-hmm. I love Star Trek. I love that they interact <laughs> that way. And it's just like, yeah, but it is like a nerd, uh, like secret handshake, but not in a way that's trying to be exclusionary. Yeah. But it's just trying to seek. I mean, that's kind of the metaphor for Star Trek itself. You're turning the corner and not quite sure if that other person's going to be into the same shit you are, but you're kind of trying to reach out and maybe they are. And that's, but it's that's... also and it's also this great way of of flying your flying your flag. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I know this is shocking, but I was a weird child. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I grew out of it. Uh, <laughs> she so, says as she's wearing a Riker t-shirt with... Damn Skippy! <laughs> um, so, uh, in high school, for finals week, I would dress up in a different costume every day. <laughs> so, I would go as a different character. And I would usually, like, raid the, the, the theater's um, costume department. So... My favorite was one of my favorites was uh, I would go as a priest, which would just no. scare the shit out of kids in the hallway. I can imagine because yeah. they don't pay attention, right? Oh, yeah. um, but then the other one was I uh, I decided I needed a Starfleet uniform for one day, and so of course I needed to be Riker. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I like I and it was you know back before you could get anything you wanted on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I'm like 15 years old, 14 years old, and so I had to go to my mom and be like. Need you to write a check. Here's the cash I have. Yeah. This is how we're... And she was like, "This isn't gonna fit. Kids are gonna make fun of you. It's gonna be dumb." And I was like, "I no, don't care." This is freaking cool. <laughs> In and the so, canon of Star Trek, these aren't even very good uniforms. Are you sure? You don't want the weird burgundy thing with the chest flap? Are you sure? But it came, and I was so stoked. I was so excited. Yeah. It fit horribly. <laughs> so it's so really, accurate. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you really were. It really was pajamas. But I, yeah, no, I, oh, I walked man. around thinking I was uh, the cat's pajamas. Uh, <laughs> You were. There are kids now who just do that for the for the sake of fucking doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. Tonight, the 24th century begins. Welcome to the Enterprise. In a special world premiere movie, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Ready for departure, sir. Engage. 78 years have passed since the days of the original USS Enterprise. Now a new galaxy starship has been designed with a new team of highly skilled Federation explorers. Starfleet Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Commander Riker, Executive Officer, Chief Medical Officer Crusher, and her brilliant son, Wesley. Lieutenant Commander Data, an android. The telepathic Troy. Geordi, a man with unique vision. Security Officer Yar, and Klingon Officer Worf. Shields and deflectors up, sir. Go to yellow alert. Their first mission, investigate a new star base on planet Denim 4. Thou art directed to return to thine own solar system immediately. A hostile alien threatens the crew. Now go back. Or thou shalt most certainly die. But they're determined to finish their mission. On our photon torpedoes. Place them on ready status. Hostile is now beginning to overtake us, sir. Together, they stand trial before a merciless court. You will now answer to the charge of being a grievously savage race. Now, they have 24 hours to uncover the secrets of a strange world. They're firing on far points, sir. Classic legend begins an all-new adventure. Let's see what's out there. Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's, that's the fundamental 
difference in the core fantasy between Star Wars and Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Where in Star Wars, it's like, like I said, in a very mean way, because I have a vendetta, um, <laughs> was that the fantasy that you're, you're absorbing is, I might be a very special boy with magic powers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru just don't understand that I'm magical. Uh, whereas the fantasy in, in Star Trek is... Maybe there are other people who are nerds like me, and we're all going to mm -hmm. get to hang out together and mm -hmm. do cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. And all the boring, normal people will be back on Earth somewhere, and we mm. don't have to bother with them. <laughs> we can just have a permanent sleepover in space. Well, and what's funny is that um, this this past year, with uh, the, the new Star Wars that came out, which is directed by the guy who revitalized Star Trek by taking a little bit of Star Wars and pushing it into Star oh, Trek. Oh, it's so mad. But... He brought enough Star Trek over to Star Wars that Star Wars <laughs> ends up feeling like it resonates with people a little bit more now because it's less about you might be the special person with powers, although that's obviously still a key part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And more about you are going to get out there and find people like yourself and do do amazing things. Are you saying that the, the I, Star I Trek that he's jammed into Star Wars is like the multiculturalism and stuff? Yeah. Or? That's yeah. that's that's in Star Wars yeah. now. I like I never thought about that. No one's ever talked about that before well, about like Everyone complained so much about J.J. Abrams contaminating Star Trek with Star Wars. You never heard about it working the opposite way. That's I. I huh. thought it worked. I mean, I still think yeah. Star Trek 09 is a better Star Wars film than The Force Awakens was. Yes. I honestly oh, yeah. do. Oh, yeah. But mm. I think he took enough Star Trek out of that, whether he meant to or not. Like, you work on Star Trek for as Star long Trek as you fan, did. Yeah. Some of it, it's going to stick to you. Yeah. It's like I was saying. Like I, huh. I'm watching it now. I don't like this for five years. It's <laughs> stuck to me. <laughs> I started putting it in other stuff. I think that's what he did. I think that Star Wars going forward is going to feel not a lot like Star Trek, but there's going to be enough a little bit Star Trek stuff mm. in it. Mm -hmm. that, it, that, that it's not going to be well, so much there's going to be a redemption arc about the Jedi and stuff like that that's going well, we to be but that's a whole Star Wars stuff no, yeah. I, but, but, I, to, to agree with you mm -hmm. I, I do like that the one character in the new Star Wars who thinks he's on the classic uh, hero's journey yeah. is in fact the biggest asshole yeah. <laughs> who yeah. is actually a villain so it's nice to see mm -hmm. like the whole Joseph Campbell man of thousand faces well he's going to run the journey of his self-realization Bullshit. This is all about teamwork with the folks you have around you. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Did we ever talk about how you got into Star Trek? Oh, yeah, I was born into it. Oh, you were, born into it. <laughs> you were born on the set. No, I, I, I'm, I'm really not joking when I say that Star Trek in my family was a part of my moral and religious upbringing. Yeah, I, I went to church on Sundays with my mom. My dad stayed home for most of my childhood because he had been a Catholic priest and felt like he had churched enough for a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we went to liberal Methodist church full of gay people, and then on Saturday nights we watched Star Trek, and those were viewed as like equally <laughs> important family activities yeah. that fostered just as many discussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were they were they were obviously big parts of family philosophy. See, you you and uh, and Bobby, my wife Bobby, not me, Bobby. I have to clarify this. That is that is a. <laughs> I'm I married a woman whose name is Bobby. We are the Bobbies. Um, Made but, the vows really weird. <laughs> I, we laughed through the entirety of them actually, and that stopped cracking up. Um, but uh, they're they're parallel in that uh, her parents were also her dad especially uh, actually tried to teach her Klingon while she was learning wow. to speak. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm saying, just to like just to freak people out at the Star Trek conventions, yeah. he would take her to. 
Um, uh, which is not my necessary. math teacher is a total top. <laughs> the, the way your parents <laughs> sort of I don't want to say indoctrinated because that sounds sinister, but the way your parents sort of brought you up with Star Trek is healthy and and wonderful. Um, and the way they did it, <laughs> <laughs> well, is is sort of. Uh, yeah, we weren't going to conventions or anything. Yeah. It, it wasn't shoved on me. It really was just a family activity. Like Bill's heard all about uh, for a glorious period of time across two different networks uh, on Saturday nights. They aired an episode of the original series, mm-hmm. an episode of Next Gen, and an episode of Deep Space Nine. Oh, jeez. Oh, bam, bam, bam. One, two, three. So we would have uh, tacos. Saturday trek and tacos. Um, tacos Hard shell tacos with ground beef with taco powdered seasoning poured on it. Because again, my father was born in the fifties. Hey, that's the way I. I, Um, Yeah, that's how I do. Which for my dad means a pile of tortilla chips that he has carefully sprinkled cheese on top of nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we would settle in and watch three three full episodes of Trek through the years, all lined up like that. It was it was a great time. Yeah, see that's good. I I I like the, the the positive aspect of it. Well, I mean it's sort of. It sort of brings to mind the one of the things that I'm fairly certain we're going to talk about, which is the weird way that even though Trek is inherently uh, forward-looking, progressive, uh, political, uh, there people can misinterpret it and and take from it. I mean, like any sort of art, you can take from it. It can be airless and creepy. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's just sort of weird. <laughs> I don't understand because uh, my wife's father is like a really weird, belligerent right winger now, mm. and I'm like. For someone who spent so much time in the universe of Star Trek, right, uh, who is trying to basically teach your child to speak in the fictional language from this show, how do you not absorb the lesson? I mean, it's not even subtext in the case of Star Trek. They're painting people white and black. I, I no money. Yeah, I know. How, how, how do you come away from the hours and hours that you were pouring into your head of this blatantly progressive forward-looking fictional universe. I was up until 1 a.m. last night arguing with people on Reddit about how are you still conservative. Because they were complaining about how uh, the Star Trek people just came out. Like, 100 Star Trek uh, crew and cast members came out this week about the anti-Trump thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh, people, really? the yeah, start huge list, yeah, yeah, huge list, oh, yeah. huge letter. Oh, yeah. uh, even Tons like Patrick Stewart and stuff. Even mm. people aren't even like you know voting in the American citizens. But yeah, they came out and said no, Trump is evil. You don't actually have to vote for Hillary, but don't vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like people on the Star Trek subreddit are there's a couple conservatives saying, how dare you bring politics into my Star Trek and how and how, how why <laughs> would they Star Trek? <laughs> so this wasn't even. It's not like you're people going after the conservatives, but like how like that that's the kind of the weird blind minded of yeah. it's not it's not even you. Can be conservative and be into Star Trek. It's not like it's you don't have to be some bleeding heart liberal to like Star Trek. Not at all. But it's weird how Helps. how people's attitudes towards politics. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> You're gonna be in the vast majority if you are. But it is weird that people do get the whole like, don't, I don't want politics or I want a very specific kind of politics in my Star Trek. And it's understand. like, man, have you been paying attention this whole yeah. time? So, so can I can I say something that is maybe just a little bit different? Because yeah, I fine. think one of the great things that that one of the good lessons that can come from Star Trek is that. Conservative or liberal is not about, like, how much you like other people. Mm-hmm. And Star Trek is really about how do we engage with other human beings. So, well, yeah, it's very progressive. I don't think it's necessarily liberal or conservative. I think some of the conservative yeah. stuff that the right-wing stuff that we 
react to with dislike. Uh, and by we, I mean those of us in the room. I have no idea what the internet thinks. Uh, don't want to know. Um, <laughs> is is a belief that conservative and like disliking other people or uh, it, things that make us uncomfortable go together. Hmm. And I think that that's one of the great things that, that Star Trek can teach you by interacting with other fans. Because you know, mm. if you like the show, we got shit in common. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? There's like, something, There yeah. is something that we both understand. We're all so, hearing the same kind of song, whatever it is. Totally. Something's there. Yeah, There's working. something that's connecting with us. Yeah. So politically, we might not see eye to eye and we might vote totally differently, but there's obviously something that we share. And I think that that is one of the things hmm. that really good stories do. Yeah. Is that they bring us outside of those, mm-hmm. everybody is like me, or you have to think like me to like this thing. The show does address that at its best points. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot about um, Kira in Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. who you gradually figure out is a very hardline conservative religious person. Yeah. yeah. Like, she has That's... a you know, boring relationship with uh, basically a left-wing touchy-feely preacher in the Bajoran tradition. She's just like, are you out of your mind? That's a ridiculous interpretation, and you were made of marshmallows. (laughs) 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 But they still end up dating, and it still ends up being a thing for her, but she's very conservative and very committed to this particular cosmological view of the relationship between the prophets and the the Bajoran people. Mm -hmm. She's very much a Bajor for Bajor, Bajor first kind Mm -hmm. of person. Totally. Um, and that's never, she's never painted as, as a racist or as an evil person. Uh, and obviously the Cardassians are hard to sympathize with, yeah. but she's still depicted as somebody who has a very core set of values mm-hmm. that yeah. might be challenged by working with marshmallow people like Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but ultimately there's still a dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, I think where I get uh, hung up is that the presence of dialogue or the, uh, Basically, people are confusing the fact that uh, there's text and or subtext in the yes, show yes. with permission. Yes. I think that's, that's and, and that's the sort of thing, like, if you watch enough Star Trek, if you engage with enough art, period, you should, just like, inherently you're going to learn to dig, mm-hmm. to sort of get underneath it and figure out what's really being communicated and the various ways those sorts of ideas can be communicated. And it, I guess where I end up, like, stubbing my toe is seeing people spend, you know, hundreds if not thousands of hours engaging with this art like a stone skipping across the surface. Yeah. Like they never at any yeah. point stop and then dive down. Yeah. And I don't I'm like please dive down. There's so much more <laughs> that you and I can talk about. There's this good is, stuff there. Yeah, there's a lot of good well, stuff. I've, I've had this No, it's scary. There'd be monsters. I know. <laughs> Get them. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had the same situation with arguing with people about Star Wars who they yeah. get super hardcore like, you know, like where I'm like, you know, how do you get into Star Wars and not realize the whole point of Star Wars is yeah. it's about trying to be a good person don't fuck up the people around you and it's mm-hmm. it's those people are just really into it for, yeah. you know, just for the droids and the special effects mm-hmm. and the spaceships and stuff. And, and it's easy to... be a very special boy. Yeah, and it's easy to forget <laughs> that Star Trek, you know, there's some people maybe in the Star Trek just because it's also just kind of like, you know, lazy. Yeah. Although, it is funny that uh, when uh, arguing with conservatives last night on Reddit, the back door for a <laughs> lot of people in terms of their time. politics yeah. was mostly all the murky weird shit in Deep Space Nine where people were like, well, because on Deep Space Nine this guy did that, that's what made me a Star Trek fan and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, that's kind of the interesting thing about Deep Space Nine. Kind of like, that opened yeah. the door to a lot but, of people so who aren't just bleeding heart liberals. of the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. 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 So, concedes to the necessity of occasional moral that's a lot of, yeah. and black ops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I, the show never at any point pre- 
presents that as the ideal. No, no but it's just something that terrible, happens. terrible, but I realize it's necessary and mm-hmm. I'm into Sex and, and 30. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's exactly. that's the funny thing because that's why I love it so much because it's not like it changed Star Trek changed its philosophy. It just showed other philosophies. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because that's how other people say they see their own personal, personal philosophy reflected in that show yeah. and then they just get upset when that the philosophy isn't represented more. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. And, and I see a lot of people upset still complain that Deep Space Nine is not Star Trek because it did even down. It's a whole big mess. Did you convince anybody last night? No. Yeah. Convincing people. I could have gotten an extra hour and a half of sleep. But Voyager is kind of a libertarian show because they're very much they're on their own. Starfleet doesn't isn't able to do anything for them. Yeah. They have a whole bunch of you know moral relativists with the Maquis who are mm-hmm. separatists. Uh, huh. So it is very much a show about like doing for yourself and you know what those fluffy ideals are great but we gotta survive. Well if yeah. anything people complain that that wasn't more not that wasn't more libertarian but they didn't mm-hmm. take better advantage of that yeah. setup to ha- really make that crew suffer and ha- have to even fight more to survive. Yeah. Um, the thing with Voyager um, regarding taking things out of art that maybe weren't necessarily intended or sort of separating what you don't want or don't need to get what you feel you need from that art um, was something that I realized when I was uh, when I was talking to my wife. Uh, Voyager's her favorite Star Trek show. Yeah. Um, and it's her favorite Star Trek show largely because it's Janeway's show. Yeah. And we were talking... when it's true for in, a lot of folks. In, in the early days, we were talking... Uh, and Star Trek immediately popped up. Uh, and we're, you know, having dinner... And she brings up Janeway, and I do the obnoxious Star Trek thing of immediately, like, here's why this episode sucks, and here's why Voyager is a failed blah, blah. Salamanders. And she, and she just basically goes, no, look, I, I'm not even going to try and argue with you against the, the, the idea that it didn't work and that it was, you know, sort of failed ambition mostly. I don't really care because when it was right, it was very good. And that was the only Star Trek show that had ever offered me the opportunity to identify in any way with the person running the fucking ship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it didn't even, <laughs> didn't even fucking occur to me that that could be an in. Like, she had to. And that was like the big lightning bolt moment. Was like, for her, she had to, if she wanted to get an in into any story, into any character, step outside of herself and force herself into a perspective of a dude and try and see through those binoculars at every aspect of the story that wasn't even remotely concerned with addressing her and who she was as a person. Welcome, welcome to everything. Yeah, I, exactly, pre- yeah. I presented the chain way, and all I want to do is nitpick the dumb decisions that the writers wrote for her, uh, and all, all this other like TV nerd bullshit. Her hair is weird. What's yeah, that? she got a funny voice because it doesn't. She sound like bees because it doesn't she occur. Smile to, more. It doesn't occur to me <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. at all that I have to occupy the same space that my wife has occupied for the entirety of her life trying to engage with any bit of science fiction that is not aimed at her at all. At which point, I start watching Voyager in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. I still don't like it all that much, (laughs) but I'm engaging with it. Yeah, I'm engaging with it for what it's trying to do and what it's trying to be. And even if it's failing more, I'm getting more out of it that way because I'm trying to work with it on a one-to-one fucking level and look at it through different eyes and so like that was one of the big lessons that that star trek taught me and my wife taught me is that if you are not willing to sort of step outside yourself and try to look through other people's uh you know experiences you know not 
fucking throw them over your your shoulder and wear them around and look at me look how i'm super smart like not like that but just sort of step outside yourself for a second and try and look at it with a different mindset you're gonna get more out of you're gonna get more out of any genre fiction any fiction any artwork period I wanted to hear how Leland got into. Uh, I was going to make one one yeah, quick. Yeah. I'm going to mansplain back at Bobby for one second. <laughs> yeah. That's not not unlike the the thing with the Ghostbusters movie this summer, yeah. where not necessarily a good movie, but that movie appealed to a lot of people because of the representation issue. Mm-hmm. Because they, they like they, they, it was a movie that was appealing to girls really in the, in the science fiction stuff, and they got to see girls. You know, well, it's so exciting. Like you don't even realize yeah. how much you don't have that until you see something that feels familiar on screen. Mm-hmm. You're just like. Oh my yeah. God! I spent my entire life identifying with these buckwads. <laughs> <laughs> the the sort of weird concentric circles of joy radiating out of both me and my wife mm. as Holtzman gets the hero moment yeah. in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. You guys she still reaches over that, and right? just claws onto my knee, <laughs> and I am grabbing the back of her shoulder, and I, we both like murmur. She's she's doing it. Holy shit. Like yeah. the hero moment is her like the camera's swooping around, the music is rising up. She's just two fisting guns at ghosts. <laughs> yeah. I was like She's getting the John Woo shit and it's not yeah. even a, it's what? Like that was mind blowing. Yeah. And uh that for her that was Janeway. Yeah. Janeway was her first real window into that being a thing that she could do, right? And uh I think a lot of people don't even take that into consideration when they sit down and watch Voyeur. They're, they're just sort of like, oh, let's see how they fucked up Battlestar. <laughs> <laughs> let's see the rough draft for Battlestar, how they made it bad. Um, and they don't, and they don't, you gotta, you gotta see with better eyes and This that. This is why I hope there's a Horta for the captain. In, in yes! The for fat guy representation, just it's, a fat blob. Just go, it's, ah, it's, no kill. <laughs> it's funny that you, that you bring up Horta. This is how I first got into Star Trek. There was, uh, living in California, there was an earthquake. Uh, I was around six years old, and I remember the TV on had the Horta episode, and it was just I remember it vividly. And it's Spock doing his bebop, you know, like pain, you know, you know, on, on the Horta. And I was like, "What is this? This is bright and colorful." That's a trippy ass moment to like stumble yeah. across Star Trek. Was, I was freaking out. It was a Show huge earthquake. Your mind's gonna be open was, to anything at that there moment. Was You're nobody just, yeah. in the living room, and I just ran out, and wow. on the TV there was. Uh, uh, what? what is he doing to that pizza? Yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, later in life, uh, Star Trek was just always in the background, the original series. Um, and I, I always kind of like, eh, it's okay. My, my mom and dad liked it and they watched mm. the original. They didn't really care for Next Gen or any of the other spinoffs. And then later in syndication with Next, uh, Next Generation, that's where I really started getting into it. Yeah. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I passed around tapes with friends in high school. We did best of compilations Aww. of just random stuff. Yeah, yeah. Remember when a friend gave me a uh, like like four VHS of uh, the animated series, and it blew my because I had no idea there was an animated series. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. And then realizing that filmation was <laughs> less than Hanna Barbera, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. Next Gen led to Voyager, which led to DS9, which led to all the movies, which, mm-hmm. and now I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, so there's a distinct difference for me between people who are raised in the Church of Trek um, <laughs> and folks who really found their way into it on their own. Like For me, it was never a point of connection with my, my same age peers, per se. Like I definitely 
had other friends who discovered Star Trek as, you know, preteens, and it sort of became their thing. Right. But for me, it was always just like, that's just our house religion. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, didn't go to shows, or, you know, my dad would buy Starlog magazine every so often. But it was fundamentally just it was like my a, Bible like, as a kid. It was, a, it was a, like a personal happy space as opposed to... Uh, hey, I got some good shit. <laughs> 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 pass, pass it around. First one's free. Yeah. It's a two-parter. I need another one, man. I need yeah. another one. <laughs> no, 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 part of me's a little, little envious of that. You know, it's like watching the, the zeal of the, conver- it, it the fel- converted, and I'm just it, like, no. It, it really felt like this is mine. Mm-hmm. It's mine. Like like yeah. sneaking out late at night and uh, well, not sneaking out, sneaking out into the living room and watching syndicated episodes and you know turning down the volume so I wouldn't wake up my parents. And I was like, it's all for me. It's all. And, then, and then realizing like like you know I had a friend who was a secret Trek fan in in, in high school and it was just like, Aww. let me show you something. And, <laughs> and he had all these books and and it's almost and like a weird experience. <laughs> yeah. It is a little bit. I mean, like, being You like this, too? Ooh. Like, finding out other people that like Star Trek was not unlike finding, like, oh, you're gay, too? (laughs) Let's talk about this. Not everybody accepts the horde of fetish. (laughs) Every time you see a glad bag, you're just... Anytime I see a pizza, it's just like, excuse me. me." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Ah, traveler, welcome to the promenade. Humble quark at your service. Behold, Star Trek Deep Space Nine action figures. Commander Benjamin Sisko, he helps me run the station. And Security Chief Odo, very strict and sneaky for someone so honest. Here's Lieutenant Dax, Chief O'Brien, and Major Kira Nerese. I happen to know she's crazy about me. Wonderful, aren't they? Especially this one. So handsome. Pains me to part with it, but if you pay me now... Ah, security. What a pleasant surprise. So do you guys have any big blind spots in Star Trek stuff? I mean, is there any whole series that you guys miss? Because I know like a lot of people... Like, I... Uh, Enterprise, I just didn't really. Yeah, we have anything to say about Enterprise. Well, Enterprise came around that time where it was it was ultimate Star Trek bloat. Voyager had just ended. DS Nine ended like a year before that, and it was just and and TNG had what Nemesis cooking up. Maybe it was a dark time. It was it was absolute like complete saturation where Enterprise showed up, and I tried. So hard, but hmm. I just I just fell off. They took well, a really cool premise and did absolutely nothing of interest with it, and yep. they also backpedaled to a white dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like, really? well, Katie, you were you, you just said Scott Bakula was that yay or nay with Scott Bakula? That was just that was the that was just an explanation. Explanation. So I tried to watch like. I think I've seen like three or four episodes of Enterprise, yeah. which I watched after I watched The Captains. Have you mm-hmm. seen? This oh documentary? yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love this documentary. William Shatner's bonkers. It is just crazy. <laughs> pants all over the place. First time you'll probably really see that Avery Brooks is out of his mind. Yay! <laughs> Avery, Don't die both. Yeah, no, Avery Brooks uh, and William Shatner scatting together is one that's, of my yeah, favorite was, things. Yeah, I still don't even know if that's really... These are two crazy people. Avery Brooks was trolling. Like, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know he's a very unique individual. But there was just too much joy in his face. Like, he was just fucking with Shatner. For, for the, the sake, sake of his mental yeah, yeah, health. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really hope you're right. Yeah. <laughs> man, that Star Trek 50-year mission book I have, yeah. man, everyone's like, man, Avery Brooks. Ooh. <laughs> like, even the other cast members are like, yeah, Avery, yeah, he was a guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, There's I don't like know. Is a code of silence around there? No, but just, he was just a goony bird. They talk about... It's, it's hard to talk about Avery Brooks without sort of falling into the, just, he's a very intense man. 
from what I hear. So like a very, yeah. a very intense man who follows an artistic muse that most people will never smell. Yeah. <laughs> they, said, like, they said he showed up in Deep Space Nine, made automatic close friends with uh, Nana Visitor... Uh, like Rene Aubrey and Noir. Like it's Nana. No, really? is it yeah, Nana? Yeah, it's Nana. And like one or two other guys, and just shut out everyone else. Oh, interesting. And well, not well, in a way that was being antagonistic, but he was just, just like method. just odd. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so like even the guy I have put, my friends. Uh, yeah, Sidigal Fadil. He's just like <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate every book. We had a good time. I don't have anything bad to say about him, but I never had like a personal conversation with him. Yeah. I worked yeah. for him for seven years, and it was just like mm-hmm. okay. Uh, anyway, what the hell we were talking about? We're talking oh, we're talking about, about Enterprise. We're talking about Enterprise but, and the fact yeah. that the it came out at just the wrong time because yeah. there had been about eight years of not good Star Trek. But it also maybe had the best ratio of from bad to good when it, it started picking up yep. under new leadership in mm-hmm. yeah. season two. It overhauled the season two, but at that time, by that point, it had gone. But Manny Cotto didn't really take over till later, right? Season four. I think season two. I thought season two. No, season started... three and four. I think yeah, three, so. three and four. That's yeah, because yeah. there were four seasons. Se- yeah, it was, it's it was... pretty much split cleanly in half mm-hmm. between good and bad. Yeah. No, yeah, it's uh, it's it was just, it like, like Leland said, it was just bloat. It was bloat, and it had gotten this. The series had gotten desiccated from from. It was pretty much from '96 on. Star Trek was just like Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, yeah. just filling the screen. Like even if it had all t- been really, t- really good. You still probably would have gotten tired of it. Yep. Most of it had not been really, really good. Heck, there was. Oh, sorry, go on. Well, if Enterprise had taken off with no context for Star Trek beforehand, I think it would have been a real good bang for a series. Space oh, yeah. adventure, mm-hmm. um, new frontiers for everybody. They were really trying hard on showing new environments, like in the first uh, couple episodes where they had the snowy planets and things like that. There were really great elements that just. Minus Hoshi. <laughs> wow, that's the yeah. um uh, again from the fifty year missions book. It's interesting uh, how the, the the writers they talk about how much they appreciate what what Rick Berman did as far as being the curator of Star Trek after Gene Roddenberry died. But he was a studio executive, and even though he did end up writing some of the Star Trek Next Generation movies and stuff, he really wasn't a writer, really wasn't a creator. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said he was so scared of just not fucking up the Star Trek thing that he was not really into experimenting or anything yeah. like that and the other creator of Enterprise is Brandon Braga who uh, even though he had written a shitload of Star Trek stuff himself was not really a Star Trek fan yeah. and they were both pretty much just coasting on fumes by the time they mm-hmm. had to uh, create something after Voyager ended yeah, there's, and that, that conserv- he, it totally shows in the show where they're just like here's something yeah the creative and, conservatism of uh, Star Trek that I was talking about earlier that I don't like and I love when Star Trek butts up against it um, I love angry Star Trek fans. <laughs> I love it. I love it because there's it's a series that should make you question your belief in, in almost anything. Yeah. And I love when Star Trek fans have to question their belief in Star Trek and re and re sort of Every recontextualize. Day. Every day. <laughs> I love watching that happen. Um, That's what makes it a lot like a faith community. Yes. Yeah, it really, it kind of is. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah, it's gonna it's get like, better. There's parts you want to ignore. I don't know about this New Testament, guys. <laughs> yeah. it's oh. um, which hopefully we're getting in Discovery. Who knows? We're, 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 I think yeah. for me, one of the things that made Enterprise a tough sell, honestly, was the fact that the actor playing the captain was already a known entity. Mm-hmm. He's quantum leap, and he's so like me. Well, and uh, you can't dislike Scott Bakula. No. The the man's career is yeah. built around being genuinely just. He's like everybody's bad. He's like, what if you could hear the guy, the the adults in Peanuts talking? Yeah, He's got a little puppy. He's good. I think one 
Hey, Porthos! Leave Porthos alone! He's the only Star Trek captain who was widely known before the yeah, show went on air. Like, Patrick Stewart uh, obviously had a solid <coughs> career in theater. And Avery Brooks was known, stuff, but not but, like... But none of yeah. them were, like, Television bankable stars. TV stars, yeah. per se. Yeah. And so when you came into them as uh, a new viewer of a new Star Trek show, I was like, I wonder what this dude's deal is going to be. Mm. Uh, and didn't really get that. I was like, oh... It's Captain Scott Bakula. <laughs> He's playing Scott Bakula. Like there was no, there was no mystery there. It was yeah. like, well, our captain is a friendly, fluffy dad. Look, he has <laughs> well, it also speaks to the yacht, yacht rock mentality that yeah. they had putting that show together. We're like, okay, we need the super fat ass first Starfleet, not even Starfleet, but whatever. It's going to be one of our first. A spaceship captain in this yeah. history of this universe, and he's got to be multifaceted and be a really interesting guy. Counselor. And well, they simply cut out the character. Like, we want this character to be the person who Kirk would have grown up with a poster of on, on his wall. Who do we get? We get Quantum Leap. <laughs> you know, and that ties right into the crappy theme song, and just like you appreciate, you can see what they were going for, but they are just. They just didn't have the 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 the, the schutzbud to they, pull it off. The schutzbud. Have you watched it all the way through? Enterprise? No, I have not. And and I know that I, I, I was one of the many early fatalities. And it was also yeah. just at a bad time in yeah. life for me because I was striking out on my own, couldn't afford television. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, and it was, that was before free streaming TV was really a thing. So it just it wasn't very accessible to me. My parents watched all of it. Mm. Um, as far as I can tell, they were perfectly fond of it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my dad, who likes Jimmy Buffett, likes the theme song. <laughs> exactly, um, that's what I'm saying. It's that kind of... Precisely. My mom, who is a classical musician, does not. Yeah. Uh, nope. She used to give us running commentary on different Star Trek themes. Be like, good, good, solid brass in this yeah. one. It is the most musically sophisticated of them. <laughs> does she have? Does she have a favorite theme? Uh, I believe Voyager is the one that she she believes is That's the most yeah, uh, really is one. the most musically complex and one. the best orchestra. They got they got a Goldsmith to yeah. do that one. Yeah. They had, had Goldsmith cool. That's the one, one time they had Goldsmith <laughs> come in and say, "Hey, Jerry, yeah. what's up? Yeah. Write us a thing." Because they used his uh, they used his motion picture theme for Next Gen. I don't exactly, even know if they yeah. asked or anything. They were just sort of like, "We." <laughs> there was a documentary for the uh, Christie's auction for all the uh, Star Trek stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And they uh, it was great documentary. Uh, I mean, stuff going for hundreds. Cleaning out the Akuta's garage. Yeah, pretty much. And they kept playing the Voyager theme. Like, that was the one that they kept playing. Whenever they would reveal something, it was like, It was like, but you're showing DS9 off. You should be playing the DS9 theme, not the Voyager theme. Whatever, it's a good, yeah. I have a weird boner hoping that they use the Voyage Home theme for the Discovery theme. If they're going to recycle an old piece of Star Trek. I don't think they will. They'll come up with something. It sounds like Christmas. Yeah, but that's a good, like, anyway, that's not even I've said that it sounds like the soundtrack for, like, you know, a British romantic comedy or something like that. Like a period Well, it gets very nautical. Cool and like, like jaunty. Yeah, it's, it, that's yeah. Leonard Roseman, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy who did the, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Did he do yeah, the original, the, like the, the Bakshi stuff? Yeah, the Ralph Bakshi. Wow, oh, I had yeah. no idea. Okay, you can tell, yeah. yeah, it's it's. <laughs> very do, you, do you have a favorite theme? Um, because this is where we start talking about the movies. Oh, oh shit, gosh. son! I'd have to say the Next Generation theme. It's yeah. just the most like it. It hits the me mo- the hardest. The motion picture. Yeah, the motion picture theme. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's just great. It just seems so weird to me when you think back to the motion picture coming out how not Trek it was. Right. You don't have the Star Trek theme in it. Mm. It's this yeah. weird da 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 It doesn't have the yeah. Star Trek font. It's they're very nautical, ho- but it's not, yeah. They're wearing hospital scrubs with a dinner plate over their belly button. <laughs> like it, well, Star Trek is always desperately trying to not be Star Trek. Yeah. 
Which is which is sort of why the the JJ the few franchises that sells itself on oh this isn't like the Star Trek you've seen before. Well, it's embarrassing. Star Trek. It's like, yeah. hey guys, guess what? More Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's part. It's partially why Star Trek 09 worked as well as it did because it was the first time you'd ever seen a Star Trek movie where it looks like Star Trek. They're wearing jammies. What the hell? The Enterprise looks kind of like the Enterprise. Yeah. It doesn't look like a bar of soap with two sticks jammed into it. That Star Trek, the uh, Star Trek font is on the screen. Holy shit. Yeah, like, when, how did it take until 2009 for anyone involved with Star Trek uh, to put that up on the screen so See, more? I felt like it was a, not derivative, but yeah. it was retreading old ground, and that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah? I don't know. I was happy to see jammies. <laughs> oh, you're jammies. so into jammies. You're, you're really focused. Are, I love are you comfortable right now? Bobby's there for the gym jams. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, if they show up with footies, Bobby's going to lose his mind. <laughs> Do you have a favorite theme, though? Uh, from, from the uh, series or from series the movies? Series or movies, whatever. Man. Like, what, what piece of music when I say Star Trek? I don't care much for the Voyager theme. It's not bad, but then again, I didn't really grow up the show. I watched the first two mm. seasons and gave up. You didn't really grope the show? Grow up. I kind of love the original. Yeah. I just yeah. love the original theme just for the bongos and the wailing lady. And yeah. I mean, it's probably just a like sentimental favorite. Uh, if you're talking about like an actual piece of music, you got to go with the Star Trek II score. I mean, if you're talking about <laughs> oh, yeah. actual That's Star good. Trek music. Star Trek II is uh, great. That's really good. Jojo, you're about this game? Animated series, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it showed that within this universe, there's endless possibilities. Like It was, it was familiar enough as the original theme but it was also different in its own take i was always wondered if they could not get the clearances for the original theme or if they just felt like hey let's come up with a whole new like yeah because you can recognize it's supposed to be star trek like copied enough without getting yeah licensing fees have you guys seen much of the animated series oh yeah yeah the cool thing about the animated series is that even though it's not well animated it gave the uh you know it gave them the ability to just show true alien worlds and exactly. alien creatures that was the coolest thing about it I yeah thought. you had actual yeah. aliens the on the bridge you know palette yeah so what was the cat lady Morris? <laughs> that should have been the opening Morris, question actually. yeah <laughs> what's go, up with go, that lady? go back and post and make that be the other <laughs> yeah you had the cat lady and the other guy was finally getting her dope uh, and well, I, it, if, if, if doesn't sound like they're going to be making another Star Trek Abrams movie, but if they do, mm. if they have to replace Chekhov, you totally get a CGI. Uh, the, who's the Lieutenant guy? Lieutenant Eric's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, the three, three take legs. Take those yeah. guys. Yeah, they'll, they'll, it'll be Jayla. Oh, it will be Jayla. It'll yeah, be Jayla. yeah. She's not in the fourth. Oh shit! So I didn't think about that. Good. That's great because Star yep. Trek Beyond is the best motion picture, despite what Katie has to say. <laughs> 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 Fuck all y'all. See, J- Jayla's gonna end up being the 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 Kelvin verse uh, version of Ensign Rowe, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We do need that's another. I'm 100 okay. With yeah. That. yeah. She's a great addition to that. Yeah. That. No, no. Me, movie me, me and my she wife got super excited. Would have been really cool if they let her have a character. Yeah. Like, or told her to be more brave. What the fuck? <laughs> she needed more. She needed more. Darkness. That's J. What? What? No, the the blonde lady from <laughs> Carol Marcus. Marcus? Marcus. Oh, in oh, Darkness, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> like they were talking about that she was supposed to be a big character in the third movie. That she'd been written up to be that way um, at the end of the second movie, and I couldn't mm. believe like this they idea that they were going to yeah. add her into the. Yeah. Well, they did have a new whole new creative team. I mean, it was like yeah. they, 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 it wasn't the same writers from the first two films. Yeah, yeah it was it was Jung and Peg. Yeah, had, exactly. Had yeah. to knock it together because uh, Bob Ortsy 
<laughs> lost his mind. He's evil. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call him. He's, he's that guy that Bill would story? argue with on Reddit. Yeah, exactly. I was probably arguing with it because it was a Star Trek separated by conservatism. Yeah, yeah probably, if, if, probably if he had been nine eleven, I, I would have been like, "Hey, Orky, what happened?" Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. But, well, I, he just I I think he was just trying to pull too much weight uh, at Paramount yeah. at the time with Star Trek three, and he wasn't even really getting work done on time. Yeah, uh, and I think the combination of those two things, plus the sort of general sense of ill will after Into Darkness. Uh, they were just like, uh, we need a palate cleanser. You're this out of here. Is, go, yeah. you go. Um, you gotta go because so people are mad at you. Katie and Dylan <laughs> just watched Beyond last night. So yeah, what what did you guys think? I did not enjoy it. Well, so what did you not like? The movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a particular thing or if the whole thing was just like a baton death march or what the fuck. So okay, to be yeah. to be perfectly clear, and I. Uh, I do genuinely think that this is important. I missed the first like ten to twelve minutes of the of the movie, which is probably the most. Because we went to go see it at, yeah. at the academy where you can get pizza and beer, and we got there with you know there was a much longer line, so Dylan went and got seats, and I okay. got in line, and so I missed apparently the part of the movie where it is Star Trek <laughs> and where it's setting up as. This I mean, the whole movie's pretty. I mean, Star yeah, Trek. Yeah. Well, no, because honestly, the rest is. I came in. Right after uh, Spock, spoilers, finds out that uh, Spock is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and right about then. Yeah, I came in at that point in time. And so, honestly, everything after that is, like, fights. That really is. That, that's, that is the, that's, that's, yeah. That almost starts like weird, the second like, act of the movie. Like, uh, special effects and shaky camera work. And tough. And that movie is rotten with a lot of just spiraling camera moves of just. And so it's just like, like this. It's this. Bunch. No, they're not bad, but like. like no, 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 they're, they're bad. bad. <laughs> it's just it's, it's hard for you to like actually pay put, attention to story in. when you can't see what's happening on the screen. We, yeah. You should put in the fight music about now. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, the only reason I even bring this up because Katie's the first person I've met who has actually said anything bad about uh, who, who didn't really like Beyond because everyone else mm. I know has been like it's not a great movie but hey it was better than I, f- I feel it is the f- it is the one movie uh, that feels the most uh, both tonally uh, and, and character wise like an original series episode yeah. mm. now to, to be fair and both good bad part that doesn't mean it's great half of the original series is shit yep <laughs> they yeah. are not, there's not a lot of really good TV in the original series I love a lot of it like you can put on a really bad you can put on Miri the empath. No. Yeah, I'll watch him. I'll watch him and I will find the children things to and en- the children shall lead. Oh yeah. my god. I will pull things to enjoy. I I, I, I can't watch Spock's brain. Oh, no, it's just gonna bring us well, that's, brain. that's I can't watch that. Can't that's the Salamanders, the Voyager, yeah. Spock's brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's the thing, like a lot, a, lot, a lot of the original series stuff will sort of get a pass like that. Like Salamanders will get brought up instantly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But there is stuff in the original series that is worse than anything I've seen yeah. in Voyager. By Salamander, do you mean Kazon? Uh, no, no, we're talking which, about the episode threshold. where they go past Warp 10 and uh, Janeway and Paris, Paris. Uh, hyper-evolve into the next stage of human evolution, well, every, which is apparently being wizards. Every series has to have a people turning either into animals or lusting like animals while they do have sex as salamanders and yeah. reproduce, and they just do leave it. those salamander babies on the planet. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And is that one episode worse than the whole collection of Kazon episodes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it is one of the few episodes that is so bad that yeah. like showrunners actually know it's terrible. They, they struck it from continuity, essentially. Yeah. Even the showrunners came out and said, whoops. <laughs> for, me, for me, Beyond feels like one of those uh, original series episodes where they were like 
we get to shoot on the back lot today. Let's kind of make up a story. <laughs> we got a rock pile and I got a motorcycle. <laughs> um, and we got we got an extra budget for makeup and there's a girl with a stick. Let's see if we can come up with a story. <laughs> Somebody get cor- me a MacGuffin from the MacGuffin bin. <laughs> it, 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 it feels like that kind of Star Trek, and in that in that vein, it's it's really enjoyable to me. I think it's better than Into Darkness. I still don't think it's as good as O Nine oh, so yeah. far as the kill, but it's better than I think it's better than all the next. They did write that movie, oh, yeah. essentially, yeah. like in a month. So, yeah. Katie, you have more to say? Oh, I was just going to say, th- there's no interacting with an alien race. Well, in terms of, did like, you Star no- Trek... Like, did you notice that there's no interacting? There's no exploration or discovery. No. Uh, that I... was at the very beginning. You did miss the... Okay, so, so um, like, honestly... Bring that like, up. No, it is ridiculous. Ten or twelve, like not good. But, but, like... So you go through this entire movie where it's just like, <laughs> like Federation bases. folks and it's the aliens. And that's that's weird to me. I mean, one of my that's favorite things is actually, uh, actually Star Trek and Beyond, uh, the, 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 was it the, what's, what's, what's the name of the station that they're trying to protect in that? Bjorktown. Bjorktown. The Bjorktown. I just love the uh, design and when they unveil mm-hmm. that thing. Uh, the, the design of the Yorktown, it's not quite just like the Citadel from Mass Effect. It's one of the few times in a science fiction movie in recent memory where it actually felt like I was seeing something I hadn't seen in a, uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in a, in a science fiction movie. gorgeous, too. Yeah, a little yeah. bit more like that, but at least it's... And like I, I liked it just even for the novelty of that. And actually, the scene where Spock finds out that old Spock died, really, I was like... He's sitting in the darkness and he's all by himself. I was like, oh, boop, boop, boop. No, no, no. Katie's not yeah. shitting on any of no, that. No, 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 no. I'm no, just no, saying. No. I'm just saying that's why and, I liked it so and much. York Ten, I did like that it that it it operated on its own physics. Yeah. And they were thought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they 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 did work. Yeah. Um, but no, it like as a story, I felt like is there a story? I yeah. I did like how. Uh, Pine finally felt like he had come into his own yeah. in Beyond Two. He felt what? like he had he had. If, See, that's if, what I'm saying. If, that's I really that's why I love having Katie here. Yeah. I, I feel like he was, he was finally becoming like a, a lot more mature. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the actor? Because also the character in that movie is also feeling like he's finally matured. Yeah. 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 In fact, he's gotten bored. You, you know what carries a lot of that weight is hearing him give the captain's log. Yeah. And it's, oh, a long the extend, it's a long extended. It's a long extended captain's log. It's great. It's so good. Well, and, and that's, it, it sort of it settles you in, like especially if you've watched any Star Trek prior. Like there's that there's this goofy adventure thing at the beginning, and then he starts walking, and you hear him go, "Captain's log, star date," and he talks for five straight minutes after that. Yeah, I, I and clean my palate after. Yeah, that. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, life wow, has begun to is... feel a bit episodic, and I was like, yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I go, I go, when, he, when he opens up the closet and it's all the same uniform, yeah. it's just like. <laughs> that that did a lot of the the work to sort of make you feel like Pine was finally his own Captain Kirk and not on the journey towards being Captain Kirk, which we just seen happen the last two movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be Captain Kirk. I'm gonna be Captain Kirk. Not quite Captain Kirk. Wait till the next movie. I'm Captain Kirk for three minutes and they took everything away from me. Now I gotta be Captain Kirk again. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the end of the movie. I'm not quite Captain Kirk still. And so in five minutes, he just basically monologues his way through. And by the time he's done about with that monologue, you're like, you're Kirk. That, exactly. Yeah. That's what again, I love. Well, yeah. Again, yeah. As, in terms of something I haven't seen in a Star Trek movie before, even actually even Star Trek itself, like a day in the life of the Star Trek stuff. I wish I'd seen, like, you know, like the closest thing I guess they have in that even in the original series is, series is not the movies. What the hell am I saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like uh, there's the Data's Day where he, uh, the half of that episode is him just like, you know, the day and yeah. the day. Uh, yeah. I wish there was, I wish we, just because I oh, like, totally. I, I want to live.
fan in Star Trek so much. It's nice, <laughs> it's nice to say. So I, I appreciate they actually well, made time at the top of a movie and again, yeah. for it is, that. It is a workplace show, and one of the things it, that it, makes yeah, the exactly, movies yeah. kind of tough to swallow if you really like the TV shows is that it's it's a it's a rhythm of life show mm-hmm. with yeah. little disruptions to the rhythm of life. And instead, it's like, oh, well, we got to save the universe, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going to leave the ship, and there's not going to be any rhythm to it. And yeah. Yeah. Which is why... We're going to under- depart from the very premise of this show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is why, and I, I, I end up disagreeing, but I completely 100% understand why people pick uh, Voyage Home as their favorite Star Trek That's show. That's mine, yeah. Because it's the one Star Trek movie that feels the most like a workplace drama slash comedy. I call it the sitcom one, but it's also the one that feels the most like... You're just hanging out with the characters. Yeah, to me, it's the most purely entertaining Star Trek yeah. film. Even even tone and stuff aside, mm-hmm. it's just a fun movie. Not yeah. even fun, but like it's holistic. Yeah, um, it, it feels like that sort of you know you get to visit the work, even though their workplace is now San Francisco in 1985. Yeah, <laughs> still you're still with those characters in that. They atmosphere. took the office with them, even though they blew up the office in the last film. But <laughs> exactly, yeah. um, and I think that I think that's a lot of why people. Uh, that film resonates with so many Star Trek fans is because of that. It's the one movie out, you know, I, not Beyond doesn't even really do it. Beyond feels the most like a Star Trek episode to me, but the Star Trek film that most captures the the ethos that Dylan was talking about is four, I think. Yeah. I mean, so. r- r- I mean, the first thing that Kirk says to you know mm. the present. 1985 is yeah. double dumbass on you, and yeah. immediately you're just like you're on board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is I think why Star Trek Two ends up carrying all the weight that it carries, um, not because it's at all like the TV show because it isn't, um, even though it's a direct sequel to it. But well, it, trades so much on everyone's knowledge. Of it the show, feels though. like a series finale. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's why the it one works. They as, didn't get. Yeah, yeah. It, that's why it works so well for everybody. Like even if you've never actually watched Star Trek, you go and you watch Wrath of Khan. It feels like a really good series finale. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just well, kept, they make, they kept making movies. And, and Star Trek Six is also a, it's a decent series finale. Yeah. yeah. I really like Star Trek Six. <laughs> no, me too. It's if you're gonna compare it on the term of being a season or series finale to Wrath of Khan, like you watch Wrath of Khan, you almost almost wish they just stopped. Yeah. Yep. Cut it off there. <laughs> Spock is dead. Kirk learned a valuable thing. They all went and had amazing adventures that we can read about in the comic book if we really, really, really want to. Yeah, you don't need four, you don't need three through six. Well, they weren't afraid to break their toys, and it shows, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's, it's a great slice of drama because that. And that's one of the lessons that the Abrams people didn't understand when they tried to essentially try to remake. Well, they they tried to remake it with uh, in, yeah. Into Darkness, but they didn't realize because I saw people uh, the excuse of killing off Kirk and he gets healed by magic blood at the end of Darkness. Hmm. I've seen Abrams oh, point God, out that I've wiped that out of my well. Mind. Abrams oh, came out and said, yeah. "Well, what Amen. does it matter?" Because like when you're watching Star Trek Two, you know he just comes back in the next thing in Star Trek Three, but like not like but you don't do that in the same film. You do yeah. like when you're watching Star Trek Two, you know he's dead. That at least you understand when they made this movie that he was supposed to die for good. It has yeah. impact. And even oh, though you know he's, he's dead to everybody in the movie, exactly, yeah. yeah. But when you do the th- when you kill off someone and bring them back five minutes later in a film, it doesn't. It's the stakes are there different. So it mu- there's work. so much with the last twenty it's minutes so of Into Darkness that is just so poorly conceived, yeah, and and tarnishes what was a semi decent film actually preceding. Uh, I think I think Into Darkness is all right, but I think the instant they decide to go for the heartstrings by recycling without earning, yeah, yeah. That Wrath of Khan moment in a film that doesn't feel at all like Wrath of Khan, yeah. doesn't feel at all like Spacey, isn't really trying to adapt either of them. You can't just take the ending 
of the series of Star Trek and sort of plug it into the end of your second movie and plug it in poorly as well. And it doesn't match totally. Like, the bad guy is Admiral Marcus. So taking... I I don't even know why... I'm I'm cool with the way they used Khan. I'm not cool with them trying to make a big deal out of the fact that it's Khan at all. Yeah, he didn't need him. He did not need to be Khan. He didn't need to be Khan, but... No need for it. Yeah, even if you're going to make him Khan... In that in that context, you don't need to build around like all the weird secrecy, the flat out lying to people. Mm-hmm. Just say he's Khan yeah. because he's not actually the bad the guy. Story. He's That's, not actually yeah. the bad guy of your film. The bad guy of your film is Admiral Marcus. But then they get to the well, last. Did actually make him Khan instead of ra- like randomly Sherlock Holmes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's kind of she's Sherlock Holmes on steroids. Well, I was like telling Katie this in the car last <clears throat> night. Is that drove me so nuts because they're like, all right, let's take a character played by Ricardo Montalban with yeah. a with a bare chest who is so charismatic and megalomaniacal that he manages to seduce a woman in about ten minutes of screen time, <laughs> yeah. take over an entire ship, mm-hmm. and then goes on a revenge quest of more than twenty years. Yeah, let's have him played by. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, who's, who's wearing a very high. Yeah, collar. casting issues are just like even that. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. Star Trek: The Nerd is so fucked up. You can approach it from a thousand different angles from yeah. like and, and like, oh my god, like what the there, fuck did they there do? There is yeah. a legitimately it's, okay movie in there, and there's just I, so many weird decisions at just the wrong yeah. moments that just it, you feel it, off. They yeah. off and Orky are evil. <laughs> well, well it's, like, it's like casting uh, Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Yes. You're just like, what? This doesn't, there's no Or have, it, having Uhura, like, talk about a relationship in the middle of a ph- phaser fight in a shuttle running away from Bird of Prey and yeah. into darkness. Well, like, that, why, why are you doing this now? Why there's stuff say? they wanted in that movie that they didn't quite get in well. And that's basically it. They were like, we'll just sort of wedge it in here yeah. and hope that it's moving fast enough. Which is a thing that Abrams does. Abrams Star Trek is really fans good are at... dumb, they'll love this. Yeah. yeah. Abrams is really good at, we'll just wedge it in, and if we're moving fast enough, hopefully you won't notice that it didn't quite fit. Put another Spielberg... lens flare in, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, there's also a basic problem. You, you, you described uh, Wrath of Khan as being the serious finale that Star Trek never got, and that's what Into Darkness is tr- essentially trying to rip that off, but it's it's... There's no series there. Like yeah. it's 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 and also aside from the fact that so much of Star Trek Two works off of even if you're not a Star Trek fan, it works off of people's knowledge. I think one of the most masterful things about Star Trek Two mm-hmm. is that it turns everyone's pop culture, uh, mainstream knowledge of Kirk as all, all, what do you know about Star Trek? You know, it's there's a dude named Sp- uh, there's Spock, there's uh, mm-hmm. Kirk. Kirk loves Spock the ladies. Is the star. And these characters <laughs> just is. move on from one event. It's episodic. There's never any ramifications. They go from one plan to the mm-hmm. next. I love that Star Trek Two is all about all that coming back to haunt Kirk in a way that it's not his fault. He was the star of this little ritzy ditzy TV show where nothing was supposed to have ramifications. Now they say, "Hey, you remember that shit you did 15 years ago? What if that actually? What if this was from permanence? <laughs> what if that that no no that, that yeah. stuff didn't necessarily stop it happening happening when you weren't there?" And I just love that, man, just the... What if there were consequences mm. to being a reckless badass all your life? Yeah, because it's great when he's younger on a TV show and he doesn't have to live with the consequences, but now in Star Trek 2, yeah, he does, which is... I just love how it fits together with the original series. It's just masterful Mm -hmm. in a way that no other Star Trek show or anything like... A relationship with the movies is done. And just grabbing a key moment I think secretly that's why Star Trek 2 will work so well. If you cut that last scene with B.B. Best out, like, where... (laughs) I mean, they actually talk about Kirk's feelings and his thinking about the consequences of the movie is half as strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always, I always have sort of had like a little dark comedy moment at the end of that movie where like 
Carol Marcus comes over and talks to Kirk, and Kirk's like, I feel young. I was like, you just shot your best friend out of the ship. Just <laughs> <laughs> fuck what you feel like, Kirk. <laughs> you haven't learned all that much, have you, apparently, because this is still all about you. Well, there's the, 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 if, if that shot had continued for ten seconds more, you have Scotty still bringing his, his dead cousin up to the, yeah. the bridge going, wait, what? That was a turbo lift malfunction. It must have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still, but my, my nephew's still dead. Who cares a shit about your feeling young? <laughs> we still got people dying downstairs. We're gonna get back to Earth. Just fix this shit. Have you not seen the ship is still on fire? Yeah. What, yeah. what would the Deep Space Nine finale movie be? I mean, I they know. did it. They got yeah. to do it in the show. Yeah, they got yeah. to do it. They really kind of did, they, yeah. They season that, seven was basically one long finale. Yeah, they yeah. knew that they had a whole season to wrap up all the loose ends. And I think you can see whether you like what they decided to do or not, they... They landed the ship. And what yeah. happened to the premise, the promise of uh, making almost an entire new season set in video games to, to continue the story? Well, I remember going to E3 and seeing the what with Star Trek Online. There was a Deep Space no, no, there was a Deep Space Nine video game. I think it was based on the Unreal like an actual like a first person shooter or something. Well, all yeah. the all oh. the Star Trek video games have always had a problem. I mean, Interplay actually sued. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Because they were like, you were handling your franchise terribly. That was like a decade we have ago, nothing yeah. Nothing to work with here. Yeah, we spent all this money for the rights of this universe, and no one wants this universe. Right. Yeah, yeah you sold us a lemon here. And I, don't, I, I need to look up and see what exactly happened. Me too, yeah. I just kind of know. Yeah, because that was before all the Abrams stuff happened. In oh, it's, just, it's one of those things with Star Trek that I, I sort of wish. I sort of wish it would happen more, and I understand why it doesn't, because it's it's a beast now. It is a giant medium beast, and you need to feed the beast. But I, I do sort of wish there was less of a, a level of importance placed on the idea that it needs to be never in. I, I would love if these shows, these movies, had solid endings. Just start with a new crew. Starfleet is big. <laughs> Take me to a new ship. Yep. If you come to a nice stopping point at season three with a show, yeah. and everything feels nicely completed and wonderful, you don't have to go another four seasons at twenty six episodes a pop. Yeah, that's a problem with American television. It is. Yeah. It's, it's slowly as starting as it's to learn. Money and some audience member still has goodwill towards it. Just ride it until it dies. I guess, but I mean, if you've got the title Star Trek, they'll show back up for a new ship. Yep, and a new captain. They will. So if you get to season four of something and you're feeling like you're treading water, come up with a good ending and get the fuck out. Well, that's hard to explain to studios. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. I know. And I will also point out, they will show up for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but we have talked both about Voyager uh-huh. and Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. And how Patience Space can run out. Nine was not uh, yeah. everybody's favorite thing. Because a lot of, I think a lot of the popularity comes either after the show has been on for a while or mm. a number of years after the show has ended yeah. where we're like, oh, I need more Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Where's Star Trek? Oh, there's Star Trek. Oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much Star Trek and so many Star Treks that it's mm-hmm. possible to like very, very different things in yeah. the franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and uh, unlike Star there. Wars, where it was pretty much like, okay, we're going to give y'all three movies, and then you can just have 20 years of like, <laughs> board games well, and stuff and novels, and y'all can think about it, and then, we'll, yeah, yeah. and then we'll throw it all out in the trash, and uh, hey, now here's more Star Wars. What, yep. what you don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was, I, well, and I think that's not a question I'm going to have to worry about too much, because again, Fuller is running the new show, so I'm, you're getting three. 
We're getting three years, and then we're going to see what else happens. Yeah. Least, lucky we're getting three. You're getting one year, and then a lot of uh, worried speculation about yeah. whether there'll be another <laughs> yeah. season. Well, so, they're, they're doing a UPN-style thing, where mm. CBS is like, we're going to do this streaming online membership mm. platform. What's our, what's our one oh, anchor franchise God. we can use to drag people into this? See, that makes me so fucking nervous. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm on this show right now. I'm talking to you guys. I'm like, yes, a 50th anniversary. I'm not buying that fucking network. No. I'm not subscribing. Oh. <laughs> I'm not doing what, what is the subscription? Uh, you got to pay like seven ninety nine a month to have uh, access to CBS's online streaming network. Presumably, that would be twelve dollars like, just to watch the the, the, the twelve. I'd weeks. probably yeah. pay the seven ninety nine for I the season. Too. I'll and do it. I'll do it just done, to support Star Trek. It. Yeah, and hopefully they'd be smart enough to go. Okay, here's somebody who came just for the Star Trek and left. Yeah. They know that done. everybody's coming just for the Star Trek. They, yeah. They've they been very know. open about saying, yeah. "Look, we've gotten a ton of subscriptions because of the Star Trek announcement, and it's going to be enough to float the platform." Mm -hmm. for yeah. At least a One good years. thing about the delay, because it was supposed to debut in January but now it's going to be May. Yeah. Uh, so at least the platform isn't going to debut alongside Star Trek, so at least uh, the show doesn't have to bear the brunt of, like, making the thing a success <laughs> right out of the gate. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully if, if, if no one's there because there's no Star Trek and they see the bump that happens when Star Trek airs, at least they'll see, well, can maybe, like, I don't know. What it's... they did was they pre-sold the subscriptions. Yeah. So basically, the, all the, everything that airs before it comes on has been paid for by Star Trek people. What yeah. the fuck is CBS going to give me that I am going to care about is my problem. NCIS. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A technological nightmare. I'm only getting one pattern. Merges Tuvok and Neelix together. They're gone. But when the two become one. What point did he become an individual and not a transporter accident? The result is unpredictable. Are Neelix and Tuvok inside of you? And the only option left. We've created a monster. Is unacceptable. Are you going to stand by and do nothing while she commits murder? On the next Star Trek Voyager. Well, let's really talk about Discovery. What is it's it going to do? What, what's yeah. Discovery going to do to make you? I mean, we're all going to tune in. We're all going to check right. it out oh, eventually, yeah. even if it's like you like. We're going to mm. see it regardless. But yeah. like, what do they need to do to keep you on board? I'm, what so, do they I'm to sold do? with Fuller running it. Fuller running it and getting uh, his first hire being Nicholas Meyer. Yeah. Bing bong. Yeah, I mean, I love that's done. I love that the original announcement was just okay. Star Trek's coming, but it's Alex Kurtzman, one of the co-writers of this Trek stuff. Was like everyone's like, oh fuck, and then like a month later, they're like, oh Brian Fuller, oh and then Nick Meyer, oh and then Joe Minoski and all these yeah. other people. You've got a lady who's famous for writing a bunch of great Voyager novels writing episodes of this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's not just, like, hey guys, it's somebody who hates Star Trek but is doing it because J.J. Abrams is making it. So, yeah, yeah. man, so, I don't know what they're going to do, though. It's going to be it's, really it's, fascinating it's, it's, to see. It's going to be guaranteed the best-looking Star Trek show that has ever existed. I'm happy that guaranteed. there was this long lead time I don't know for the launch that... of this show for people to really express their opinions yeah. mm -hmm. and for the, the production <laughs> and the, the network to kind of see what people are valuing in the show. Mm -hmm. And I hope that leads to a more positive outcome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because Fuller's he's he's really web friendly, so you know at least he's keeping a he personally keeping like you know. Fuller's tanky. never made a bad show. The monsters. I mean, Grant, he only got to do a pilot. Yeah, I rewatched that, that last night on a whim. I was like, oh man, Star Trek could be nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brian Fuller is absolutely hit or miss for me. Really? Um, sometimes he just goes so far into the wanky tweezers. Yeah, I think he. <laughs> the just, I, mean, I love pushing daisies, and I, I love can't some stand of the, that show. See that shit, yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> to me, that show is just is just like a pile of sugar. I cookies. never cared for Wonderfalls, so yeah, no, and that's what I mean by very hit or miss. Like I, oh I think is when that he's... the best sign that he's uh, 
an artist willing to pursue his vision strongly. He really goes for aesthetic extremes, and mm. I'm not... I don't know how that will turn out for something with as established a, a collection of tones as Star Trek. Well, but the fact that he has history with it, it mm. means that he's not... They're he's not giving also, him too much rope to invent his own magical little kooky word. <laughs> and, and, he, and he said he's going to try it. He's dialing that back. He was like, don't expect Hannibal on a starship. Okay? It's not... Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna look amazing. Have you guys seen much of Hannibal? Yep. No. Hannibal's bonkers. Did you like it? Uh, I liked the first season. Uh, yeah, I didn't care much for the like second two season. Episodes. Yeah, okay. Because once he started to like, <laughs> like crazy. Bobby we're all gonna have to leave Bobby alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy, filthy. Oh no, it's creepy, funny, and good. The yeah. the thing that lost me was when, and I'm forgetting the character's name. Um, mm. The professor. No. Okay. <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> <laughs> professor dude, uh, who's English but doesn't sound like it. Which professor? It's like Shaggy five. Man with the beard. CIA guy, FBI Yes, yeah. Oh, wait, oh, you're talking about Will, Will yeah, Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The main, I was, I was yeah, thinking the main of just guy. three different that, side characters. That like, main the, the character guy yeah. uh, that I can't remember. No, but once he started going off the deep end of his dreamy fancy pants. Oh, when he couldn't remember if he hadn't killed a whole bunch of people at the end of first season. Yeah, that just, got a little that like. That was just boring. That. Yeah. Oh, season two felt like filler. <laughs> but just visually and everything, I appreciate like the boundaries he's willing to push. Yeah. Uh, but he's di- he's di- he's already said I'm dialing that you're not going to get unhinged Brian Fuller. Yeah. I know what Star Trek is. I know what I can add to Star Trek before I break it. I do appreciate he's also said it. that like instead of a captain, the main character is going to be the number one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the second command, or at least the lieutenant commander. Uh, number one suggests it's going to be the yeah. le- uh, like the second command yeah, of. So- the USS Discovery, which is a ship that's running around 10 years before mm-hmm. the events of the original series. Well, and he's already said he wants a woman captain and a woman... Uh, Minority XO. captain, yeah. yeah. Female characters. Yeah. So, and yeah, he, he wants to have at least one gay character, one gay dude character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, but <laughs> you, even, if, even if you don't like Wonderfalls and even if you don't like uh, Pushing Daisies, uh, he knows how to write women and integrate them into the stories in a way that doesn't feel false or artificial. I don't know, Carolyn Dever- Well, I mean, Carolyn Dervernos Dever- in Hannibal, she was she became, like, really, I don't know. No, that got weird in season three, but I like how it got weird. Yeah. Uh, there were, basically, there, there, are, there, are, there are almost zero examples of him introducing a main character who happens to be a woman into any of his stories and denying them agency. Okay. I can't think of any example in which uh, he introduces a character and then basically makes that character into a puppet for the sake of the story. Little char- monster, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm super happy about the idea that we're gonna get. Uh, he, he's basically gonna get to take another crack at Janeway in seven. Yeah, he's gonna probably. They're not going to be those characters, what? but that sort of character dynamic is going to come back to Star Trek and hopefully be improved by the over a decade of work within the television industry that he's gotten. And you know the way that he's learned how to tell stories, uh, apply that knowledge and that and that wisdom to Star Trek. Is he that much in control? Or because it, they, we've talked about the number of other Star mm. Trek luminaries that have been pulled into the project, too. yeah, is that him recognizing that he needs to respect more of the Star Trek traditions? To I I think he I think I think he doesn't go and get Nicholas Meyer if he doesn't inherently respect the Star like it. That's his first hire. Like, Which is I, funny because his whole his whole shtick is he didn't know Star Trek and he was the perfect guy because he didn't know Star Trek. But like yeah. 
yeah, it's funny that, like, because you could say that from the opposite. He's bringing another rule breaker, so that could even mm-hmm. mean even less, like, a Star Trek sticking to the rules yeah. in this. I, don't I mean, know. but but Nicholas Meyer broke rules in Star Trek in a way that felt Star well, Trek. Well, they were respectful. Even, and yeah. he understood what the core, once he got, got a look at Star Trek, he understood how it worked. Well, the he rules just, he was just, breaking was that weird scroll I was talking about yeah. at the beginning of the show. It was surface which, level which, shit. Yeah, yeah, which weren't really rules. Like, he was just basically, there's no reason that you can't tell the story that you want to tell in Star Trek in this way. Yeah. People might get upset about it because they're not used to that. Mm-hmm. But it will work. Watch. And then he goes and he doesn't you watch and you're like, holy shit, this works. Why isn't it all like this? And then you end up with every next-gen movie trying to figure out how to get that Wrath of Khan feel. Basically yeah. every Star Trek movie after Wrath of Khan, how do we get that Wrath of Khan feel Earth. in there? Yeah. Which is yeah. A, bad, that's yeah. a bad pursuit yeah. to chase, Definitely Star Trek 3 feels like, Khan again, and you're like, no. Are there <laughs> any themes or tones or anything you guys really hope they tackle in the new series or any specific pitfalls? Like, my biggest worry about the show is that the, uh, the, the, the Shadow of uh, Battlestar Galactica might mm-hmm. cast a little too long, and they might be tempted to go a little Battlestar Galactica y with, yeah. with the new show. Um, what, what would the negative connotation of that be specifically? I don't know. Just like they try to do another war thing, but it's like, you know, like Shaky Cam and like, how do you, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's. For, well, for me, the, the thing that makes Star Trek interesting to watch is that it is a story that is. Um, it, it, the engine is hope. Yeah. Right, it is exploration. It is um, curiosity. Mm. It there, there is there is a positive engagement mm-hmm. with the work that you're doing. Where Battlestar it's is not, it's not threat management. See, that's Battle that's the other thing. Fear. Yeah, yeah. And and it is reactive. It's a post nine eleven show. Making yeah, making the best of the worst decisions, and so you you get those stories. That's not inherently a bad story. I just don't find it nearly as interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I find it much more interesting when people are there because they want to be there and have to deal with difficult situations that require them to make decisions that are hard. That don't, where where that hope or that mm. optimism isn't always really easy to see. Like Wesley Crusher ruining a garden box. Like Wesley <laughs> Crusher doing anything. <laughs> Is it, wow. the, is it the sexy people? We did, we did really well. I was about to say, 90 <laughs> minutes before we start slagging on Wesley Crusher, which is a well. world fucking record. We're slagging on him there, but that's an example of, yeah. of uh, a classic Star Trek problem. And yeah. that's, why, so, that's, why, that's why a movie plot that involves a MacGuffin always bugs me in Star Trek, because mm-hmm. when the MacGuffin is a kid does something dumb and it creates <laughs> a huge cultural and moral conflict mm-hmm. that is a problem for the characters, and it's not, oh my god, get the thing that makes a big boom. Well, yeah. Wesley Fall... Crusher falling into a flower bed is more interesting crux than uh, Idris Elba with rubber on his face. It's he's an got, ancient weapon. He's got an that, ancient, yeah, that fucking... That does a thing, I guess. Yeah. We'll just take, we'll just take their word for it. I don't, know, okay, I, don't, so I don't know if I can I, agree with that. I will. I will take Idris Elba. It's more Star Trek. Yeah, I don't know. I will take Idris Elba, Elba falling into a flower gluing bed. Gluing <laughs> a whole bunch of catcher's mitts to his face <laughs> over Wesley Crusher falling into a flower bed. I'm going to take the ladder. I think what I appreciate about that is is yeah. not the fact that it, it's so dopey because it is, but the fact that they take something that dopey and actually make a meal out of it. Yeah. yeah. And that mm-hmm. show is not about uh, it's not about the kid falling into the flower pot. It's literally about cultural value yeah. differences. Yeah, it's and just also, a door into a bigger you, thing. When yeah. do you say okay, relativism and cultural respect is more important mm-hmm. than saving the life of somebody who we fundamentally believe to be innocent? Yeah. So for me, that's classic Star Trek in that it's taking a very mm-hmm. small thing and revealing the larger context, the yeah. uh, conflict beneath it. See, my my only my only problem is they did that crappy. 
I like, I, like, I, like, I, I agree 100%. It doesn't always work. Exactly. I agree, I agree with exactly with how they were trying to do it and what they were trying to do. I see it up there. They just sucked at it in that episode. <laughs> yeah. But, but in Star Trek, a lot of, a lot of yeah. the, the initial phenomena are invitations to think about mm-hmm. something even bigger yeah. than the phenomenon itself. Mm, yeah. yeah. And that's not something that works well in movies, because in movies, you want to have a lot of things blowing up, and, you, mm. and the tradition is, well, I have to save the planet, slash city, slash, you know. Yeah. It, it, it becomes a threat management scenario mm. because that's more viscerally exciting yeah. as opposed to... Then a pondering let's, of... Let's yeah. consider this issue while we try to resolve the immediate problem. Which gets mm-hmm. back to the Star Trek Four thing that I was talking about. Yeah. And the, uh, like that's Although then we're still trying to save the world. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's but. one of the things I, I hope for in this show is that they continue that, that kind of narrative tradition of saying, okay... We have a sticky wicket here. <laughs> how do we how do we navigate yeah. difficult waters as opposed to just how do we pew pew it into submission by yelling words that aren't mm-hmm. real? Yeah. Well, and I'm, I, I guess for me that that's uh it's basically speaking to what I'm hoping for, which is strong characterization. Yeah. And 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 some humor. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want them That's dour. That's what's wrong with the first two seasons of Next Gen. Yeah, yeah, I don't want them I don't want them dour. I don't want them frowning. I don't want them standing in a room drinking tea and mildly grumbling at each other. Yeah. <laughs> I well, want them to be legitimate, vibrant human beings, even if they're not punching each other out every five minutes. Like flesh and blood human beings with feelings, identifiable characters that you can latch onto and, and grow with over the course of a season, who you can laugh with. They need to be fucking funny. Yeah. That's one of the best things about Deep Space Nine. Yes. Yeah. Because they have a lot of characters who are willing to go to the mat with each other, and they have a large enough cast that people are actually expendable in mm-hmm. some ways. But then at the same time, it's like, well, let's just all go to Quarks and goof off. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, people it's like, talk- yeah, Quarks sold us into slavery a few episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> there's only one, but there's only that one place. That is kind of Deep Space Nine in a nutshell. There's only one place that serves drinks here, exactly. so we're going to end up there anyway. Oh, well, I mean, people yeah, talk about Deep Space Nine as being the dark one. And in a lot of cases, it's probably the darkest one, but it's also largely the funniest. There's yeah. an episode all about the characters playing baseball for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah. The episode is great. Yeah, yeah. The, the stakes are literally uh, Cisco's uh, morale because yeah. he's so mad at these Vulcans. <laughs> how mad! How rashly hateful he is to the Vulcans. <laughs> it's great. Definitely opposition. It. And the, the fact that it's Avery Brooks too, just being a total goon. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, uh, a lot of people seem to suspect that. Uh, uh, well, uh, a Fuller came out and he said that the first season of the new show will revolve around a previously mentioned event in Star Trek that's never been really explored. And the only thing that the most fans could pull up is that in the original series, there's a mention of the Battle of Axanar uh, involving, was it Garth Nix? What's the character's name? No, that, that, that Garth right. of that's Izar. A, that's, a, that's a young adult novel. Which is funny because this is what this is what that Star Trek Kickstarted fan show was supposed oh, to yeah. be about. Oh yeah. What about has the eugenics wars been explored all that? that I think that was that would be far more than ten years before. Yeah, that would be that was okay. eugenics wars. That was hundred. That was like three hundred years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. All I can think of is how the Klingons got their bumps. Yeah. Well, the the Which best. Worf is like we don't talk about. Oh, that that's that a big <laughs> part of Enterprise, though. Yeah, that's, that's actually a great thing in Enterprise too. Is it a Generative disease—is that what it is? No, they. Oh, did, wait! Did you never see that? No. 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 They, no. they basically try it's, to. They, it's a fun thing to look forward to if you're going to watch. Yeah. No, I, I would actually. Oh, oh. Yeah. No, it's. They I, tie shit together. Oh, no, I've never seen it either. So okay. let's watch it. Go, let's watch go it. look up <laughs> a viewer's guide. I hear that there are many. <laughs> <laughs> there are. Especially, I've looked at watch. many a viewer's guide, and I'm like, oh, I'll watch you later. Last <laughs> one. Um. No, but is so, it going to be about the Breen? 
Oh, that would actually be interesting. Because no, the that's, are a running gag well, of characters. The thing is, no one, the, uh, other than the fact that like the hero of the Battle of Axnar was this uh, uh, guy named the Garth of Izar, which, again, no one knows who the hell that is. Uh, no one knows about, like, they never... Darth just, Marenghi's Dark Twist. This is just one of those events, somebody was writing the script, and, like, he was like, oh, man, I gotta make up some word. It's just some word soup you throw out. Yeah. But that's, like, the, it's, it's it's room for them to just kind of make up what the hell this is gonna yeah, be. It's why the, CBS the went so aggressively against the Axanar... Yeah, that's entirely books. possible. But it's gonna be interesting, because also, because supposedly... Yeah. But but the other thing with Brian Fuller said that the main ship is supposed to be the USS Discovery, and that's called Discovery because so, it's supposed to be an exploration ship, mm. and but it somehow it ties to Section Thirty One mm. uh, from yeah. Deep Space Nine, and so you got that combined with the potential for this Battle of Axnar thing. So you have maybe have some discoveries. I, I, there's maybe some Deep Space Nine stuff with this battle. I don't know. It'll be. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But for me, the speculation over what was gonna be the, the thread from the original series that tied into, into Darkness has me so burnt out. I know, exactly. Any yeah. variety, that kind of speculation. It'll be curious to see what happens, but who would you, like, Like this is just going to be some dumb fan casting, but who would you like to see play, you know, assume you get a female minority lead? Somebody and... I've never heard of before. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I now that I know it's going to happen, every time I see something, I'm like, oh, I'm watching Luke Cage. Yeah. Misty Knight. I'm like, oh, people you gotta get some Misty Knight in there. You know, no, people, are, people are throwing it at Fuller pretty, they're they're sending pictures of her. Yeah, like, I'm like, man, yeah, yeah. She's... He's so he's so easily uh, accessed via Twitter. Yeah. That as soon as like episode three of Luke Cage had rolled around, at that point people were just like, oh, Brian. Yeah. Brian. Well, tap it on your shoulder. Yeah. You might want to. Have you watched this Luke Cage show yet, Brian? You might want to check that one <laughs> out. Well, I want I'm somebody thinking... who's a blank slate. Yeah. Yeah. I would be so happy with the British comedian who was in Peep Show on Broadchurch. Mm. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that that lady? Bridge. Yeah, she. It's kind she of weird-faced could... lady, but yeah. <laughs> the kind of weird face. Yeah, but... No, not weird-faced. She could... she <laughs> no, she's got anything. a very specific look. Yeah, Simone Weird-Faced, you're right. She was, yeah. the, she was in Matt Smith's first episode of Doctor Who. She's one of the people pretending to be... Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if she's listening. <laughs> she's sorry, Simone. I apologize. And capable. Yeah. Um, we're going to wrap this up. Um, anyone have any... <laughs> I'm sorry. I went 90 minutes without slagging someone very, for no reason. Do you guys have any particular like, characters or favorite shows or anything else you guys want to talk well, about? We, should, we, should, side probably, we should probably do the, the favorites real quick. Just sort of just to get through. that out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I had everyone take voluminous notes before this, so I'm glad yeah. we didn't even really need them. But yeah, do, like, do, do, do the uh, yeah, any kind of favorites? I, I would like to close up with what everybody's uh, Starfleet job would be. Oh, yeah. oh God. Yeah. I also have a short. Star Trek. Quiz this is we're definitely doing the that I have pulled from <laughs> the definitive Star Trek trivia book, which Ooh. I swear has the worst cover for Wait. a Star Trek thing. Yeah, it's just a is, mishmash. That's a lot of photos. It's just a lot of. Well, you said that like, book's from like what two thousand? It's from two thousand. So there's no there's <laughs> no inter- Enterprise. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I didn't put any Voyager questions in there. Oh, uh, the iconic Star Trek ship, the Maquis. Right? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> is that what that is? It's a Maquis ship. Wow, yeah, it's Maquis, okay. a Borg, and Kirk's eyes. That's Star Trek. <laughs> well, that's, and, that's the cover. And a, and a very faint Batlet in the <laughs> the Batlet. Yeah, what it's the just hell? a mishmash of stuff. I mean, that's a quiz book for you. Just it here's some random it's shit. It's almost as good as the Warriors <laughs> movie poster from the Nauska. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, where it's kind of like you can recognize some of the elements from the movie, but and, yeah. And there is a prize, too. I did bring a prize for somebody. And I was thinking it'd be a good way to, like, stem off and, like, talk it because I've got some, like, great question moments in mm. here where we could talk about episodes and stuff like that. And I just want to point in terms of favorite stuff before we talk too mm. much more about stuff. My, one of my 
favorite moments I was single was so sad. When Picard cries, when the episode family, the episode right after oh, yeah. the board. Oh, it's such yeah. a And he goes back moment. to his, just the fact that they had an episode, it's the first real piece of serialization in any of the Star Trek stuff. Yeah. The fact they have a whole episode just to let Picard decompress and actually kind of have the audience decompress. He yeah. goes back to his family, he cries, he's in the mud, he gets no fight with his brother, and then he gets sad. And he's like, and I'm then, traumatized. Okay. Yeah. The fact that they let him be traumatized, I still, I mean, that's, uh, people didn't overlook that episode mm. and that moment in particular, but that's still for me, that's, that's a lot of, just, and that's very human. Isn't, and that, just very... isn't that like a reaction gift now? Like they sped it up to Oh, I, w- I, yeah. <laughs> oh my. What isn't a reaction gift? That's terrible because he's just weeping in the mud. That would actually make an amazing reaction gift. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they announce the Nintendo NX, yeah. I gotta spin that up. <laughs> um, um, the drum head? That's a, that's a good uh, That's a good episode. one. Yeah. That mm-hmm. fucking, the Batiste lady who's all like, fuck you, I, you think it's, Who's the lady who played Emmett in the last couple of Bond movies? You think it's her, but it's not, but she's close. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Dench? Judy Dench! Fake Judy Dench! She's showing up and saying, fuck kinda, you, Picard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just I just love Simon how... Tarsus gets all fucked up. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I remember that fucking poor half Romulan kid's name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still like it wound up about Star Trek. Have you gotten it out of your system? Bill? Yeah, I should. Sh- right. <laughs> Let's by uh, or from the animated series Rocks. Oh, that actually shows up, right? Yeah, yeah. The little Mayan flying or Aztec flying. Do you guys have any snake. favorite books or anything like that? Like, not because I know a lot of people love Imzani. the Vonda and the McIntyre books. Imzani, my God. I read Imzani? the Imzani, like I started. I read Imzani and then I read there was a series yeah. after that that just like I consumed it all. <laughs> really? Was oh, it good? Get in my face. Get I mean, it good. to me now. Yeah. Are you kidding? Of course, I love Riker. Yeah. I loved Riker. He's an awful character. <laughs> and so I was like, I can read a book about him kissing ladies? Mm. Give it. Yeah, I love how very skeptical you are of macho white male characters in general. But That's the writer. <laughs> like, bring it in. Bring it in. More well, the writer kind of yeah. wears it on his sleeve. He knows he's been a... Oh, he's I, a when he dude. shows up and tries to hit on Data's daughter... Yeah. And he doesn't realize? There's something There's something about Man. Jonathan Frakes yes. yeah. being asked to embody that sort of Kirk-like masculinity that is just slightly off enough mm-hmm. that you end up sort of... You're not, you're not ironically enjoying it. You're not enjoying it at a remove. You're just sort of like... He doesn't actually have any sexual magnetism. Exactly! <laughs> he's so a he's, giant sex elf. Like, like he's, <laughs> he's, he's got those eyes! Dude, and he's like he's somebody who totally would be able to pick up women at a bar, but it's not going to be because he smells like man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's so it's very unique. There's, I think, And I think that's why he's lasted so long in pop culture, yeah. is that there's just something very uniquely... Just charming, but not in the way that I think Riker himself <laughs> wants it to be and perceived yes. as charming. That sounds like Frakes, because again, reading yeah, the Fifty Year Mission that. book, yeah. everyone talking about like their favorite. Like they talk about Avery, Avery books is weirdly standoffish. Everyone's like Frakes, Frakes, yeah, <laughs> Frakes, good guy. Let's talk about Frakes. Like everyone unanimously, and all the Star Trek stuff, producers, oh, actors, everyone's like, yeah, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, yeah. seems like he's kind of the class clown who ends up quietly being the team leader. The yeah, team yeah. that's almost exactly what it sounds. Like. And he sounds just just like a generally just genuine sweetheart and yeah, yeah freaks so wait so captain we have to go with captain bill favorite captain yeah uh cisco if you want the job done picard mm. if you want to survive it depends on like which I, no, one it, you it, it doesn't depend We're is not, he your captain no qualifiers if you want to live one. who's your captain just pick one no qualifiers cisco there you go leland picard all right yeah picard all right. picard 
Captain Husband from the first Star Trek <laughs> 2009. Like, oh, yeah, Bruce, when the Romulan ship is all about to blow up the Kelvin, that guy just steps without a moment's hesitation. George goes Kirk. over there. No, not George Kirk. Oh, You're no, the it's first Captain. Captain. Yeah, the, first yeah. the, guy from, the guy from yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, the bald guy. Um, Tariq Farquhar or something like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's see. Yeah, he immediately, immediately just jumps on a shuttle, goes he, over there, and he yeah. really does. He's such a model captain, like self Man, he gets rewarded in the worst way yeah. possible. Way Holy shit! Pull it shit. out of your back pocket, Josh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're all, all like, I like John Picard. I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Bill. I, I choose Cisco. Yeah, that's right. fair. Best Enterprise. Oh, the best re- ship the, the or refit. best Enterprise? Yeah, best Enterprise. Oh man, you're holding in his hand. Yeah, the, the refit. refit. The refit. Yep. Okay, so refit, refit. Dylan. D. Yeah. D. 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 I have to go refit. I think. Yeah, Dylan, you said you, like, if you had a captain ship, you'd go for uh, the uh, Defiant. Yeah. So if I wanted to, if I had to like live and be stationed on a ship for a long time, totally mm-hmm. Enterprise D. Um, the beige would get to me after a while, but yeah. you know what? That's why you have private quarters and the holodeck. <laughs> it's cool. Um, the kids around. Uh, apparently, their cats roaming free the <laughs> and, and cool. puppies because, they're all because, puppies yeah because spot gets pregnant and uh data doesn't know who the father is so apparently they're just like i never thought about that yeah, before yeah just i just, I just imagine picard just like sitting out oh geez yeah. <laughs> uh so it sounds it sounds you know like a planned community sounds nice but uh yeah if i had if i had a command ship i want a goddamn cloaking device Are you kidding mm, yeah. I, think the, I think the reliant is the uh best looking uh of all the starship designs so far but if I had to pick an Enterprise, I would pick the C. Ooh. What? That egg-looking thing? It's, it, it, it combines the design of the original classic and the Enterprise D, which I don't like, and so it makes the Enterprise D palatable. That's a bold you would choice. pick the C over the E. Yes. You're dead to me. George <laughs> <laughs> just says, as he's got a, an E ship in his lap, yeah. Make them kiss. What are, what are oh. our thoughts about the E? Because everyone's kind of got mixed opinions on the internet. I never cared e. much yeah, for it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think it's okay. Also, it, it looks like someone took a silly putty, putty image of the D <laughs> and just stretched. It's so fast. Oh, yeah. It's so fast. Zoom a cruise. It's so fast in outer space where aerodynamics doesn't like, matter. I love the Reliant. Reliant, yeah, so much as a kid. It was such a beautiful extension of the original refit. I can't believe I did that. The yeah. Excelsior. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Um, I love the stretched long design, and I always wanted to see another ship similar to that. And the E was the first one to capture that one. Yeah. Um, and then in the, the Star Trek Starships calendar space, what was it Ships of the Line calendars that we had? There was one, I want to call it the Akira class. Yeah. That one was really yeah. beautiful. Too. Was it like like a futuristic version of the, of, mm-hmm. of the Miranda where it's... Uh, yeah. Or the Aventador? Yeah. Or They're is that bu- a Chrysler? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I still feel so bad that oh. Discovery design they unveiled for the Discovery show. Yeah, that one's really, really good. Oh, um, man, that's... That where it's you know they're doing the Ralph McQuarrie thing, but like that looks so rough, and everyone it slams it them look, so it hard. Look great. It looks like it looks like a dinner plate attached. Again, to a that's hanger. that's Brian Fuller could fuck things up, but man, yeah, that that, that was kind of a heartbreaker to see that. I mean, they're going to change the design to some degree, obviously. I think and, it's important to ask yourself as a uh, if you're designing designing a Starfleet ship. How much does this look like a speculum? <laughs> <laughs> Which is that is that Voyager? It's something if that you had sh- two Voyagers... It's something that should be taken into consideration. <laughs> yeah, because aerodynamics really easily turns into, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. speculary. Yeah, I never thought yeah. about that no, before. Yeah, no, it's something. It's something to consider. Huh. Okay, we'll keep that in sure. mind. But you know, with generally with spaceships, you, you have to ask yourself, does this look like a dildo? <laughs> uh, in, in the case of Starfleet ships, you have to ask yourself the speculum question. Okay. Yeah. I tweet that like, to Brian Fuller. Yeah. Uh, changing universes for a moment. The heart of gold from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has never been depicted right. Because in the book, I remember this saying. That it's generally shaped like a white, I think a white or golden shoe. And I hated that they've always streamlined it. Or Wasn't that just like things. a ball in the movie or something? It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. giant sphere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can wrap this up with, uh, if you guys just want to cut straight to the quiz. Or we could say, uh, favorite Star Trek moment? My I, my moment, like you said, just think of, I really do like yeah, the moment beyond when uh, when young Sp- Spock finds out about old Spock dying. And mm-hmm. they, even that shot where he's like in... This blank, Isolated, starless just abyss. Him on just a real moment. And it was yeah. funny because, like, you know, Nimoy died. I was super sad, but it didn't really hit me in terms of, like, what that meant for the actual Star Trek canon until that moment mm-hmm. in the theater. Mm-hmm. And just, fuck. I was like, shit, man. Nimoy's <laughs> gone. Spock's gone. I'd say in Rathacon, where Spock dies and Shatner has his best acting ever, and he just says, no. Mm-hmm. And it's just this, like, he's. He, feel, it's, he sounds so lost. He sounds so vulnerable. He sounds just like he's been crushed. It's just a beautiful moment. It's mm-hmm. yeah, and even the human thing when they, when they're sending off the coffin, you see so human. Human. <laughs> the way his lips almost move off his face because he's trying not to. Yeah. Also, when Spock stands up and straightens his tunic, straightens his, yeah, in terms of pure uh, Spock moments, in terms of like even when his face is melting off, he's got to stand up like I got to make make sure I look right for my captain. It's, yeah, that's, that's a heartbreaker. Uh, I have mine, but it's in it's in the finale of uh, Next Generation, which Katie still hasn't seen. It's so. okay. It involves Q, though, and you you also hate Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Katie and I have a great tradition in our marriage where um, I really like obnoxious, problematic characters, <laughs> and Katie just dislikes them, <laughs> which is you know generally what the show writers are hoping for. Yeah, um, that we'll fight. But I, I'm I'm the one who's like, oh, look at the wounded one. Aww, look at how it's peed on the floor. <laughs> I like that character. Uh, but I I really like um, the callback to God help me encounter at uh, Farpoint. Farpoint. My brain was saying Farscape. I was like, nope, <laughs> different show. But I really like the way they had John Delancey in that ridiculous get-up again. And yeah. just, uh, the big queen outfit, that, that yeah. Was, that was a real moment of feeling like, oh, oh, we're coming full circle here. And yeah. that, that for me, that was really emotionally effective to see that crazy distinctive prop on this character who had, you know, bounced all over all of the shows. Yeah. yeah. It, bringing it back to that very tense moment was, yeah. Picard waking up in bed with Q? <laughs> <laughs> no, John, uh, John Luck. Pick hard using the flowers. <laughs> That's a great. Uh, There's like a lot of good Star Trek episodes. Gene Luck. That's right. Gene Luck. John, Uh, I don't know that I have a favorite favorite, but in thinking about it while everybody else has been talking, I think some of um, there were moments that I really appreciated in the episode where Data builds his daughter and then has to decide to oh yeah shut her down, mm-hmm. uh, or that he's not going to be able to to maintain her that I just I, I like I always liked when they let um, Data be as much of a character as he could within those limitations yeah and such and a well managed character in very general. well managed and you know uh, Mr. Spiner is 
he gets a lot of attention for his wacka wacka, yeah. uh, <laughs> which he does really well. But it's I think so his understated, it's great. Yeah, his his acting um, in some of those episodes is just really beautiful. Yeah, he always said that one of his challenges was. Well, Nimoy always talked about how he got fucked with by some people who come up to him and say, you got the easiest job in Hollywood because you're playing a character without emotions, so you get there and just read the script and not even have to act, right? He's like, no, it's, my character has emotions, they, he just suppresses them, and my whole job is like, he has the emotions, but yeah. you know, you're still... He has to leak them just a tiny bit. And even Spiner referencing that would like, well, I am unfortunate that my character actually does not have emotions, yeah. but I still have to make things interesting enough for the audience still to kind of like find something to, to hold on to. So I, yeah, so, and it's interesting when we find her, a Spiner can find the little, little weird angles just to you still make it interesting, but not like emotional, but still, yeah. I'm always, it, it, I, poignant character. Yeah. Work. I'm, I, I, I always appreciate the, um, times where somebody is reacting to data and saying oh that must hurt or you must be sad like somebody who's off the ship right and has just met him for the first time or that that uh, i'm sorry or you must be upset or you must be sad and the very compassionate way that he continues to engage with other people as like no i'm not <laughs> but i understand that you are feeling this because this is how you express your emotions yeah so rather than just shut you down i'm gonna sit here like beep yeah, <laughs> <laughs> having having an Android be compassionate in that way, I yeah. think is just it's lovely. Yeah. Uh, Twitter user Matt McLean, when I ask people for their uh, Star Trek moments and stuff, uh, he pointed out one of his favorite moments is when Data is in charge and must reprimand Worf and then apologize for ruining their friendship. Yes, that's so that. Uh, that totally made me think that's about that. Yeah, joke, it's so great. Watch it. It's like and Worf is a... like, no, wait, no, I deserve to get shit. Yeah. No, it's like watching a like a Roomba have a, a, a emotional conversation <laughs> yeah. with a remote controlled truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, at end, and at the end, you're like, oh, they really something really passed. As a boy, his destiny was in the stars. Where no man has gone before. Now, he'll be the first captain to explore the final frontier. The Starfleet seems to think we're ready to begin our mission. The Star Trek saga begins. Let's go. With Enterprise. Launches Wednesday, September 26th on UPN. And it's amazing to me that, like, 40 years of my life, I've been inspired with, like, drawing cartoons and, and... thinking about these people hurling through the universe and um but probably like some of the peak moments are like i just can't get over that's uh, when the f- enterprise first goes to warp on the big screen and you get the full mm-hmm. ILM special yeah. effects and the reveal but then like nine-year-old me in wrath of Khan, all the so many moments in that like i was so terrified when they put sandworms in chekhov's ear yeah, and, like, yeah. My asking my older brother if I could hold his hand, and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) and then, but then also like, um, wow. Of course, everyone I think was weeping in the theater, and I was just weeping so hard during um, Spock's funeral. But really, like in the Genesis cave, there was such a a, an emotional lull after um, somebody's just gotten like David Marcus's friend just got shot, Mm. and then uh, yeah, the reliant captain just shot himself. Yeah, yeah, and um. And you could, you, as as a nine year old, I wasn't really getting all the emo- like uh, all the words they were saying, but I felt the emotional beats of the sadness, the the weight of the world on Kirk's shoulders, and then him meeting up with his old flame and, and kind of talking, and then she says, "I got something to show you," and like the music swell just lifted my heart. Yeah. And um, 
as I did that dramatic pan with another ILM matte painting, which is that like is one of my favorite scenes. And I would listen to the m music just from the soundtrack and mm -hmm. still see that in my head. Over that little over. tiny bird across the yeah. waterfall. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing as a kid that like, yeah, even though you're not really parsing exactly what's happening in the plot, just tonally what's happening to the characters, like emotionally what's what's mm. happening that you're totally picking up on and it's totally affecting you that profoundly. One you know. of the most heartfelt moments in all the Star Trek films. And Carol Marcus also just a great character too. Too bad they never got a chance to do more with her, but yeah. The tale of most female characters in early <laughs> yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Great character, yeah. it's too bad they didn't do anything with her. No. No. Or, or they could have, like they did in Sitting on the Edge of Forever, just kill her. Exactly. Although, so, so I mean, you could go with City on the Edge of Forever, which I could do. Yep. Which is great. Oh, or I could yeah. go with uh, Darmok, which just mm. turned 25. Oh, yeah, oh, just wow. like the yeah, day before we record. Yes. Yeah. Temba, his arms wide. wide. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so much. When the walls fell. Oh, so, <laughs> so much that is so good. That is. For me, that is the best episode of Next Generation. No, I, I will actively use those phrases when yeah. I know I'm around nerds. Like somebody <laughs> drops their coffee at the studio. Shaka. I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, oh, when, when the, the walls, walls fell. fell. <laughs> Tempo, his arms wide. There but, is a Mercedes Benz driving around Portland with the license plate Dormick. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that episode to me is like the potential of Next Gen realized, even more than anything else that happened with Next Gen. Like that one episode. Yeah. But, uh, but I think for me, uh, it's two it's two uh, Deep Space Nine episodes, uh, and it's the ending of the Visitor, mm. and it's the ending of In the Pale Moonlight. Yeah, those 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 are the two. Like that's that is oh my god, Star Trek can drop a bomb on your heart. Like everyone knows that because <laughs> of because of Wrath of Khan. Everyone knows that, but that had so much cultural importance built up in it. It's like a crushing those, episode. Those two episodes are fairly self-contained. And it can take like 46, 48 minutes and then just <clears throat> explode your insides, both a good and a bad way. Because the end of In the Pale Moonlight does not feel good. No, no. Cisco's just like, well, I have sullied myself yeah. and betrayed everything I believe in. And then, and then he's like, but I can live with it. And then he toasts I you. I can. He live fucking with it. toasts you. Yeah. And then delete what I just said. Well, it's interesting. Oh God, I'm complicit. It's interesting. I'm an accomplice to this horseshit. This is life, isn't it? Both those episodes are like two little like secret nooks and crannies of the Star Trek universe that technically really kind of don't exist. I mean, even the Visitor actually, about to be a Visitor, don't they? They wipe themselves out. But even the Pale Moonlight is this like you're hearing this conversation that is then deleted and that you should never know. But it's just like that's the moment where Star Trek grows up. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like you know what there isn't a morally clean way out no. of for once there's no Kobayashi Maru ending mm -hmm. where you can cheat your way out of it and yeah. feel shiny and clean at the end there's no putting up the uh, traffic cones and yeah. then leaving the planet there's no there's saying <laughs> well we didn't really have any other choice like you didn't mm -hmm. resolve the moral quandary you just yeah. so, I mean, it on into it that's why in the pale moonlight well, well that and also uh, it's a fake yeah. <laughs> that is you go back and watch that now even though now it's a meme it's yeah. still just so that guy's performance he's yeah. also probably the, the best Romulan that's ever appeared in anything yeah. well but. he's one of those guys that's <coughs> he's in he's one of those guys yeah he's, he's got a great face yeah, I don't remember thing. what his name is unfortunately right now 
off the top of my head. But um, that guy. Yeah, that, that guy. guy. You know that guy. Um, He's in that one thing. I it's did. I don't, think it was, I don't think it was Andreas Katsalas, which is no, unusual, no, no. But it's another because he was everybody else. This guy's a very kind of Willem Dafoe kind of like dude. With he's yeah. from Canada. He's face. in uh, he's in Pontypool. He was uh, um, the first night owl in Watchmen. Is it the same guy who was Jay's dad in Wonderfalls? Because he's in everything also. Jay's dad? No, he the, doesn't. Jay's dad. He he plays death in uh, Bogus Journey, right? William Sandler, Sadler, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not the same guy. Yeah. Anyway. Kind of. So, so that, that was, that was, that was those, I did those sneak a reference uh, from The Visitor into the Star Trek coloring book I helped illustrate nice. for Dark Horse. Uh, Wait, did you have a page for The Visitor? No! So, <laughs> did okay. you laminate the page so, so people I did, ruin the colors? I, I did nine illustrations, including supposedly the cover. We'll see if that actually ends up turning out to be true. Yeah. For the Dark Horse, no, no, the adult Star Trek Next Generation coloring book that's coming out in early November. Everyone go pick it up. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my... Dylan and Leland are, are both uh, crewmen on the uh, Stargazer. On fire. On fire. <laughs> and the car stream. That, one of my illustrations was, hopefully this isn't a spoiler for an adult coloring book, uh, but is uh, I did Kivas Fajo's ship, the, the, the guy who ends up uh, stealing uh, data and tries to make him part of his collection, and it got to the, the point where toys. I had to draw all of his extra uh, all of his extra collectibles, and I was like, these collectibles suck. Mm. Like, it's just a random vase and a statue that's nothing over here. I'm going to fill it with actual Star Trek stuff. And so one of the items, it doesn't make any sense, but it is Jake Sisko's book. Nice. Anselm or whatever it's called. Nice. I also have uh, the Sword of Kales. I've got one of the Bajoran orbs. I've got a, a copy of uh, a, um, uh, Incredible Tales from oh, Far cool. Beyond the Stars. Very cool. Um, did all you kinds. put the flute in there? <laughs> no, the flute's not in there. But I, all of, I did put a couple of uh, blah, blah, blah uh, overdrives from... Uh, 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 Buckaroo Bonsai they're in there too because that's a big Star Trek thing um, I don't know all kinds of stuff so yeah there's some Easter eggs I slipped in there for first hardcore Star Trek people when's it coming out again? Uh, next month Good. first week of November cool sweet yeah. picking it up color in the Sword of Collis any way you'd like <laughs> um, yeah do you guys have any man uh, any non-captain characters we love we'll, we'll wrap this up sooner than later you're but just, just gonna name every character I, yeah cause I well, yeah I know cause I want almost like I, how, how we talk about Star Trek not mention like I mean, Garrick I, or I like say, I would say that my enduring love for Gul Dukat is yeah. an aberration that yeah. even, even for me that I cannot explain I will mm -hmm. forever eternally love that character yeah. it's just his cadence where he always sounds that he's right about everything yeah, <laughs> mesmerizing in his self love of just yeah Cardassia yeah, would never that's <laughs> a willful self deluding it's yeah. magnificent it does get legitimately sad when that kind of self delusion starts to fall apart when his spoilers for Star Trek and when his daughter dies and he starts falling mm. apart yeah, it's, it, I think it's really impressive that they took an unsympathetic bad guy character never made him not be in some way a bad guy but yeah. actually made him sympathetic and made you feel bad for him when he broke down even when he responded to it by just being the worst yeah, yeah. Uh, worst baby mama. I just got to yeah, think about because she's, she's another character I got to draw for the coloring book. She only shows up in two episodes. She gets Talk whacked about in the a most character I wanted to see more of. Yeah! She was awesome, especially when an early era of Star Trek where there were no really great female characters. Yeah. I mean that. I mean they they were failing with you know like Tasha Yar got killed off. 
Gates McFadden. She got driven off by sexual assholes on, on the writing crew and all this stuff. But, like, yeah, worst paper moments the shit. I love, I'm so bummed that... Oh, I'm glad they brought that actress back. She got to play a female Q. Mm-hmm. She was the super hot Vulcan doctor on the Enterprise, like, in the second episode. How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just bringing up, hey, guys, let's talk about our favorite sexual... Act- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was yeah. Gonna say, is there, like, well, a you brought fold- up Cole the Cat, I can bring up... folder on your desktop? Maybe. I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, Fanolis... I Alice, understand there was a quiz. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's not too long, and it's kind of a... It's kind of a I start with TOS. We do next gen okay. DS9. And we'll yeah, we'll wrap this Sorry, up. Sorry, Voyager, get on with Enterprise, and some of the and That's the right. Abrams movie. All right, all right. Thank you, Leland, for assembling right, this. Right, right. It's, Leland it's, did it's this short. his own volition. I had no idea uh, this was gonna I, happen. I, I, yeah, I just wanted to have. Oh, and there's a prize. And there's a prize. Yeah, you brought wh- a prize. Whoever, whoever can is keeping score. I'll let you guys okay. keep score. Oh, all right. From the definitive Star Trek trivia book. All right, starting with TOS. What was the duration of the Enterprise's original mission under Kirk? There you go. Five years. Five years. God it's, it's, it's damn it. Just shout it out. Yeah, just shout it out. Yeah, just shout it out. We were all just very politely yeah. waiting for some, like, do, who gets the free point, <laughs> yeah. I guess. We only got to see three of them. Yeah, yeah, we only got to see three, but yeah. yeah. Whoever's keeping score. Uh, with what game did Kirk distract his captors in a piece of the action? Oh, shit. Fizzbin. Oh, for oh, Bill. Bill goodness. gets a point. Fizzbin, he made up the game. All right. Yeah. yeah. And people have actually made rules for Fizzbin. It's apparently. Like oh, yeah, Lord, it's you like can't Calvin win Ball. this. No, I can't win this. I'm surprised not for me. Did he fool the people of Triskelion with that line? <laughs> How do I remember the name Fizzbin? Because it's in the complicated card game where it's like, if it's yep. a Tuesday night, it's you can't Fizzbin, do this. But if it's a month, yeah. I'm keeping tabs. Yeah. What was Harry Mudd's full name? I know this. Parkour Fenton. That, oh, she got it. Yeah, she got it. She got Parkour Fenton mod. <laughs> she yells it enough. Oh, like she yelled it like a Dalek. Yeah. Parkour Fenton mod. Well, she is an android. <laughs> well, that's good point, uh, yeah. Wow, what? I did not know that information was stored in my <laughs> <laughs> What two characters from a children's novel did McCoy see in Shore Leave? Oh, The uh, uh, rabbit? Yeah, the white rabbit from uh, Alice in Wonderland. And? What was the other one? Oh, God. Was there another one? George Lucas. <laughs> was, it, was it Alice herself? Yes. Okay. okay. Oh, Joshin gets a point. Oh, that, that had to be a trick question. Which of the following was mentioned to exist aboard the Enterprise? Racquetball court, dance hall, bowling alley, or firing range? Bowling alley. Bowling alley. Bowling alley. Yeah. Katie gets a point. Although, next generation, they do have people in tennis, uh, holding their tennis rackets in their sports. Yeah. That's, that's true, right. yeah. That's presumably in the holodeck, though. What's uh, the shit? I never thought about that. Yeah. My dreams. <laughs> <laughs> On to next generation. The first ship Picard commanded was the... Stargazer. Stargazer, yeah. Joshua's yeah. got it. In 11001001, <laughs> with what holodeck character did Riker become fascinated? Her name is Minette. Uh, you gotta, you gotta articulate it, uh, that one. Isn't it Minette is her name? Oh, man, we got a... Minuet. Minuet, Extra trivia, the reason why I try not to remember that character's name too clearly is that my dad has a huge boner for her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, so you've just blocked that off. So Dylan didn't get a point. Can I, can I, can I get a sympathy point? Okay, well, uh, that's, a, that's a half a point. <laughs> I had to strain it through my subconscious. Wow, okay. True or false? Data's hair grows. True. It's true. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's revealed in... How? 
it's Does revealed. He go to mod in, the barber? It's the crossover with DS9. Bashir is qu- quizzing him, yeah. and Data drops the Do line that have, his hair grows. Does Jordy like every other month have to fill his like uh, like apartment his head with like hair play doh? Just and like, like yeah, that's crank how it works. a little bit. <laughs> you know, like, it probably, it's, it's, you Keratin know, Play-Doh. It's like the Enterprise has a barber. She, I was gonna say yeah. no, she has heats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gotta have an internal filtering system to like get the dust out of his yeah. mechanics. So I'm guessing it's just like just like pooping out of his head. It's other people's dead skin cells that he's excreting. Oh, God. Horrifying. That's good. You need to be in the Star Trek writers' room. I salute you yeah. all for leaving out the fully functional joke. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. In Cupid, what does Worf insist that he is not? Mary. That's Correct. Right. He's I'm not, not a Mary, Mary man. man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What was Loxana's nickname for Deanna? Oh, oh shit. Little one? Correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. One. I fucking hate her. <laughs> really? I really oh, liked her. She's one of the worst Star Trek characters. Of the all. episode I where she like her gets... when I was younger, I like her a lot now. I, uh, yeah, I've I gone back. I've tried because I, I once I once I was like, look, you need to go back and give all these shows a legitimate shot and not take your stupid fucking nerd biases in with you. She does. I, create... w- I went back with those episodes. Still can't it. fucking once, stand once her. Once she you stops trying to hump Picard, yeah. she works a lot she gets better. A little bit better. She does yeah. create the most freakish hologram, uh, holodeck program with the, the flying head and the oh, mud bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, that mud bath looked good, though. Yeah, I know, that does look good. Uh, she's going was... there with a small boy. Yeah. That, that is her <laughs> biggest <laughs> fantasy, is a, a face that she can't read its mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. But I do like the episode where uh, the dude from Mass shows up and she falls in love with him and he has to kill himself because he's like 40 years old uh, and he gets, what, uh, she gets t- super Timison. sad. Timison, yeah. yeah. She's super where lonely. His, his civilization, when you reach 60, you got to yeah. off yourself. She yeah. It's one she, of the first times she lets down best, her face. That's one of her best moments. That's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what skill did Beverly Crutcher teach Data in preparation for the O'Brien's wedding? Dancing. Dancing. That's great, yeah. Is that aerobics and yoga? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, she teaches them tap dancing. And then finds out it's for the wedding. And she's like, "Well, oh, God, but that's not what we do." <laughs> you go back, and it's great because you can. It's great to pick out the shots where it's obviously still her, but then it's a stunt double. For, they do uh, it pretty well. But it's yeah, it's edited pretty well. But in, in HD now with the Blu-rays, yeah. you're like, "Oh man, that is not Brent Spiner." Oh no, it, it, <laughs> shuffling. But there is the part where he's doing the full. He's vaude- doing the, a lot the though. Yeah, yeah. Clack and clack and clack and <laughs> running in place. Where you're like, "Yeah, that's him doing he's a, vaudeville thing." Yeah, he's got the training for that on Night Court. <laughs> man, yeah, <laughs> that character, man. What? What species did Q once call the ultimate user? The ultimate. I mean, gotta be humanity, right? The ultimate user? Yeah. Borg. The Borg. Yeah. On to DS Nine. Bob, you gotta step up. I got. I got. I got. What was Cisco's middle name? Evan? Dando? <laughs> Dando. Dando. Why are, How did you sneak a Lemonheads reference <laughs> into the fucking Star Trek? <laughs> Alan. God, he has a middle name. He has a middle name. Say, his dad must say it at some point, yeah. Lafayette. Uh, well, that's... Uh, wow. Never is going to get that one. Uh, yeah. Which member... I, 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 apo- <laughs> yeah, I apologize for some of the DS9 <laughs> questions that I picked, because I'm not as knowledgeable about Oh, no, 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 it's totally fine. I'm actually getting through DS9 my second time around. I'm loving it. I'm in, I'm in the middle of season three. Anyway. Um, which member of the station crew refused to carry a weapon? Odo. Uh, Odo. It's Odo. Yes. 
Uh, can I also say I've been watching all of Columbo while making dinner for the last month? He also uh, states that he does not carry a gun. Oh, cool. He's never armed in the show. I really like that. Is that on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, but I, I thought of Odo when, well, that's when cool. that point came up. Extra oh. half point for Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. For knowing that Columbo does not carry a gun. How many hours make up a day on DS9? 26. 26. Jeez. Again, I don't know that I know these. <laughs> Opening up the old file. Also, speaking of Columbo, uh, Kate Mulgrew, once very famously, spent a whole season playing Mrs. Columbo in an ill-fated spinoff of Columbo. Wow! Oh, bring it all around. Uh, yes. I did recently watch an episode in which Leonard Nimoy guest stars as a uh, murderous surgeon. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Man. Good stuff. On Netflix now, streaming. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant murderous like a female murderer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, wow. What did Jake's girlfriend Marta do for a living? With whom did war fight to the death in Tacking into the Wind? Collins? Uh, oh, no, this is the actual one. Uh, fucking uh, Larry. Larry Stinkums, yes, Bill. No, who's the... Martok. No, not Martok, because he's the guy... No, the, who's the leader of the, 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 the Klingon Empire? Oh, it's Gowron. Uh, Gowron, Gowron, yeah. <laughs> yes. He's, for, he's he's the guy in the uh, in the VHS board game, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he is. Experience B. I've got that for iTunes. Yeah, no, that yeah. guy's great, eyes. It's a great performance. Respond. <laughs> <laughs> and, and always that uh, smile. Yeah, yeah, he looks so horny. He looks like a happy dog. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like. That. I like that that character is basically Klingon Disraeli. <laughs> yeah. The hell's Disraeli? The greatest statesman of the 19th century. Moving oh, yeah. <laughs> he was played by Marty Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> Who was Cork's most steady customer? Morn. 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 Name the child I'm for whom Kira anyway. was the surrogate mother. Uh, Molly. No, no. Uh, Yoshi? Yeah. Close? Hoshi? Well, I, I, I might as well. Yoshi We're just make up Japanese names now. Kira Yoshi O'Brien, if you want to get specific. Wait, they named the kid Kira? Kira, Kira, Kira Yoshi O'Brien. Oh, Kira, oh, that's all in one. Not, not Kira. Oh, yeah. Kira Yoshi. They make the mix too. Oh, yeah, they always Kira. call him Yoshi. Kira yeah, Yoshi. they always call him Yoshi. Yeah. So you got it. You got not, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was Garrick's first name? Leland. Elam. Elam Garrick. Yep. Oh, I thought you said Leland. I think it was flattering <laughs> Leland. Now onto the movies. Finish this Klingon proverb that Khan quoted in Star Trek Two. Revenge is a dish. Yeah. yeah, everyone gets a point on that one. Yeah. That was an, that was an easy lead. <laughs> Actually, an easy everyone... lead into the to the movies. Uh, in the voyage home, what was Kirk's excuse to Doctor Jillian Taylor for Spock's odd behavior? He had done too much L LDS. Yes, yes. he did too much LDS <laughs> at Berkeley in the sixties and the further free speech was, movement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in generations, what did Data just love scanning for? I know this. Also, man, it breaks my heart. The worst part of, of Star Trek Voyage Home, Spock hates Italian food. <laughs> that is proof that well, maybe he is not human. Isn't that because it's too passionate or something? I, but he just says that in that one film that breaks my heart because it's it's Italian. Well, I love how Kurt's telling was like, no, you love it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that guy's like, yes, I do. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, okay, what? What was the one question posed by the computer in the Voyage Home that Spock couldn't answer? 
How are you feeling? Yes. What how, is how no. do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> what, what, did, what, what are the political events of something in 1987? There's I, oh, there's all there's something. All sorts yeah. Of oh, shut up, Bill. What did what did Spock give Kirk for his birthday in the Wrath of Khan? Glasses. No, 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 no. Uh, it's a tale of two cities. Correct. Yeah. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. In First Contact, to what literary character did Lily compare Picard in his single-minded quest to destroy the Borg? Captain A. I know that because I saw the movie. What ship did Picard... Sorry. What ship did Picard as a boy see hundreds of times in the Smithsonian Institution but was unable to touch? The Contiki? Oh, no, the... The, the was it the the uh, Nelson ship? Uh, God damn the the the, H, the, the HMS so and so. The Victory, the Phoenix. Mm. Oh, that oh, because it's Cochrane ship. Yeah, Cochran. yeah. fuck that movie. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I used to unpleasant. I used to love the Panther. I loved First Contact. But yeah. Watching it again and again and again, I was like, this just not, does not, not as hold up as, as well. Up. No, it doesn't hold up as well. Alfred Wood? Though. What kind of conveyance did Sulu borrow in the voyage home to use for the transportation of material back to the bird of prey? Yeah, you Correct. <laughs> in the final frontier, what experience did Cybok compel Spock to relive? His boyth. Correct. Gross. Gross. <laughs> I had to get one final frontier question in there. Yeah. Who continually quoted Shakespeare throughout the undiscovered country? Oh, it was uh, Chang. Correct. General Chang. In the laziest way possible. Yeah, he just and kept shoehorning him. Jesus. At dinner. What heading, <laughs> and final question, what heading did Kirk give at the end of the motion picture? Oh, I was second, second star, star of the, the, the rights for it until morning. That's Star Trek Six. Oh, damn it! <laughs> Which movie? This is the motion picture. His final heading. That way? Correct. Well, out there. Out that there. Because yeah, I know he, he yeah, makes he the whole, the... yeah. That's the quiz. Yay! Katie wins. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you, you and Bobby are tied at three. Uh, Dylan got... Katie is uh, contemplating the fact that her wife can remember uh, Garrick's first name, but uh, can consistently forgets her house key. <laughs> yeah, d uh, d uh, Dylan wins with ten. Joshin comes up in the uh, second with eight, and I don't know what I, I don't. Know. <laughs> Dylan gets cool. a free prize. And then there's a bag over there. It's got a little staple. Yeah. No, no, no. It's oh, right there. Yeah. That's the one. That's your prize. You get a Riker action figure. Katie gets an action figure. From Galoob. Happy birthday, baby. Oh, that's really early, too, because that looks like a season one. It is. Oh, man. So what? That was about five cents? He has no color. I've had that forever. Goodwill. I don't remember when I got it. I got it for like a dollar. But you're going to go home tonight and find out. That's actually like a $40. I still have my, like, my Jordy and my Data action figures in their original boxes. Nice. Bill, one time for my birthday, got me one of the uh, next-gen cards of Riker and Troy that's signed. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Although I didn't realize you'd, you'd actually met Majel Barrett, so that doesn't really... Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. One of the only bits of Star Trek merchandise I have, and I don't even know how I got it, is an action figure of Guinan. 
I, I have a god, I have a god in action figure too. Let's be realistic; it's an inaction. <laughs> wow. Now with drink mixing. <laughs> and does that weird hand thing that she does at you? Because she's an imp. Yeah. That's like Ralph Wiggum would get. Oh. I don't know how we wound up with it. I bet my Guinan. <laughs> All right. To to close out, everybody, oh. what would your Starfleet job be? Uh, Man, oh, waste reclamation. <laughs> uh, peeling potatoes. <laughs> so you'd be like a low-level ensign. Yeah, yeah. assuming there's a, a real galley just... in the original series. Yeah, the, the, the craziest thing is that they don't need anybody to pe- They can just like generate them without the skins, but they do it anyway just to keep you busy. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's like, we need you to do something. Um, uh, I don't know. I think being a pilot would be a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, realistically, hmm. I'd be a ship's counselor. Okay. There you go. <laughs> would you have to wear the costumes? No, I just, wear, have I just wear the blue uniform. It's cool. Okay. We're cool. Chair sitter honor. <laughs> you mean Riker style? Dwarf's uh, Klingon thing chair? <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you'd be the captain. <laughs> I, I would be Troy's chocolate replicator maintenance uh, engineer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. Wow. My real answer is holodeck breaker. I, I work at the holodeck factory, and I'm the guy who like like yeah. sits down and tries to like come up with all programs trying to break everything. That'd yeah. be great. Obviously, my job doesn't work. You'd be, be holodeck QA. Yeah, because <laughs> obviously it doesn't work out because everyone ends up being killed on I the holodeck. I can't get my holodeck controller factory. to sync to the holodeck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turning it off and on. I'm the, I'm the bartender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm Isaac. There you go. <laughs> you get to meet everybody. Yeah. You get to give advice. Well, that's great because you didn't get to be a DJ. You don't yeah. even have to move from your station whenever the party starts. You're just like, what are you yeah. What's, that, what's the name of the, the cocktail that where you, you ding it and it like flares? Oh, like the Romulan oh, oh, Sunset uh, or something s- like that? Sorarian Sunset? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Is, the, is that the one the guy that makes the yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 yeah, I want to so see the computer core of one of the spaceships defected. <laughs> I've showed it a few. I times. will be shocked if, at some time in this new Star Trek series, the ship isn't a character. Well, like a transformer? No, like <laughs> <laughs> giant <laughs> metal moving lips. I mean, the cells turn to arms. Yeah, it just seems like yeah, you're going to set it in, in the future of Star Trek, though, instead of continuing. Well, that's a good point. Actually, yeah. <clears throat> oh, there was that terrible episode where the ship's computer got set to oh, a giggly yeah. girl voice, and, I, and, I Kirk, just, and Kirk was like, "Whoa, she's coming on a little strong." I just had that for the first time <laughs> with Joshua yeah, Mahal, where I was like, "What the hell is this? I'd never even heard of that." Yeah. Yeah, it's like 1960s sex kitten. Oh, like that's right. Setting. Thank you, Star Trek. <laughs> We love you on your 50th anniversary, but god damn, you kind of shit your pants every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Just like some actual 50-year-olds. Happy 50th! Yay! <laughs> okay, thanks you guys again so much for coming by. Uh, yeah, reintroduce yourselves, and, and, and yeah, if you have any URLs or anything you'd like to pimp or anything like that. Leland? Uh, just uh, Leland Radburn, uh, at Leland Radburn uh, on Twitter. Leland of Radburn? Much. Yeah. Son of Radburn. Son of Radburn. <laughs> 500 quad lose on Leland Radburn. <laughs> uh, I worked on a podcast, uh, Subconcert Aid, which I've been neglecting for. It's just hibernating. Now. It's yeah. hibernating. <laughs> Video game music podcast. It's a good podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Subconcert Aid. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dylan McConus. I make comic books, and they are not uninfluenced by Star Trek, so maybe you'd like them. DylanMcConus.com or Google me. I'm the only one with my name. Good work. Um, I'm Katie Lane. I'm not the only one with my name. Uh, <laughs> but I am the one on Twitter that is not 
the porn star or the romance writer. So, or the quilter. Has she gotten on Twitter yet? Well, it's, it's a quilting company. I see. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm a lawyer, uh, and I post cat pictures and talk about Star Trek. And you represent independent creators. I do. Yeah. Cool. I'm Joshin Yamada. I think my name is globally unique. And, <laughs> um, I'm the president of the Portland Macintosh Users Group. And do photography, videography, and um, help people with their Apple products. You have a URL or anything? Yeah, you can go to joshinyamada.com. I'm not really active on Twitter, so. Yeah. Uh, I am the opposite of Joshin, that my name is ridiculously redundant. <laughs> Bobby Roberts, yeah, I keep Hello. forgetting about that. Yeah. Uh, so you actually Robert Roberts? Yes. Never occurred to me until now just how redundant that <laughs> is. Okay, yeah, it's, wow. Yeah, there's a there's a mundane yet still embarrassing story behind that, um, which I don't know why I should be embarrassed because it's my mom's fucking fault. Um, <laughs> but well, anyway, anyway. Uh, at Bobby Roberts PDX on Twitter, I used to make podcasts and then I used to be on the radio, but now I just work in a newspaper. Yeah. You'll be back on. there someday, yeah. though. Yeah, it's better, whatever. I run my mouth. You'll find out. If you follow me, just listen to the internet. <laughs> yeah. if you listen to the internet hard enough, you'll hear Bobby screaming from it. Not screaming, it's not screaming. Speaking yeah. forcefully at times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, emphatic is a good word. Thank you. Exactly. There we go. Thank yeah. you very much. Reasoning from the internet. Yes, there we go. Okay, so yeah, thank you guys so much for stopping by. Thank you, uh, whoever's listening to this, for tuning in. And uh, yeah, uh, this takes place. Uh, this uh, we'll be back next week with a regular episode of the Boy Howdy podcast, and until then, live long and prosper. Yeah, that's a good way to send us out. Space, the final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the starship Enterprise. Your ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before.